0: On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick have a huge load of Star Wars content to spew at you thanks to the arrival of Tales of the Jedi and, of course, everyone's favorite tourist, Keith Gergo. They'll start by taking a deep dive into Andor Episode 8, Narkina 5, by breaking it down and letting you know what you need to know. They'll then get into a full breakdown of Tales of the Jedi Season 1, so prepare for episode rankings and highlights from the prequels. Prequels. That's not all, though, because they have some news and rumors to discuss about Skeleton Crew and the Mandalorian. Of course, the show will end with question of the week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars fan artist features. a Chewie! guess i should start the show
1: <laughs>
0: don't worry we're coming here we are we're almost there ah! we just we just talked about hey everything. now <laughs> everybody we just had a show before the show that's right. how we do it all the greats do it you've heard it. if you listen to howard stern he always has a show before the show the wrap-up show with baba Bowie. they do the same thing that's where the magic happens because why would we want you all to partake or to hear the show before the show this is a show for our best that's some of our best content (laughs) and you know maybe maybe uh because instagram keeps shooting it in my face every time i log in hey you want to start using subscriptions hey you want to start using subscriptions maybe we'll start uh, setting up a sub just for the show before the show you never know (laughs) All right, my friends. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the SWTS. Because there is always time for Star Wars Time, at least for at least for these two guys right here that you're listening to or watching if you are in the live stream audience. If you're not, what the hell is your problem? We'll give you the details every Tuesday, 2:30 p or as close as we can get on YouTube, youtube.com/slash Star Wars Time Show. And we should have our official YouTube handle soon, Nick. I don't know. Are you getting blasted with all like in your social media job life Are your clients like, Hey Nick, I keep getting these emails from YouTube about choosing handles for my channel. Or is that, is that nothing that comes up on your radar? Because
1: I'm mostly e-commerce, we don't really deal with YouTube that much. The only thing that we have to do with YouTube is like, if we're, running like youtube ads or something but we don't do YouTube. i think we already have our handle we already have youtube.com star wars time shows
0: I, I know well now I, I guess we have to make it official to, so when it's our turn to go to i'm, I'm official, gonna hit the go official. button <laughs> or we we could change like do you want to change it to like two fuck faces or you know two dummies talk star wars something like that yeah. i don't know but i i think star wars time show will work <laughs> either way you can find us Tuesday's 230p, or as close as we can get. Today, we definitely missed the mark, and we had a horrendous transition, but that's why people tune in. They like to see the train wreck. Uh, It used to be much worse. Our tech has gotten a little bit better, Uh, but I think this time last year for about eight months straight, Nick would just randomly drop out at least two times a show. Uh, Before that, we had my mic. (laughs) would just stop working and crash stuff, but we're here. And we are ready to talk all things Star Wars. And yes, those that are in the um, in the live stream chat, Black Series clips, already saying he, demanding a four <laughs> hour show <No>. today <laughs> to get through all the content. And and I doubt we go four hours, maybe three, close to two and a half as we can get. But yeah, there, there's a lot of Star Wars to talk because we got Andor episode eight and Arkina five to do the uh, now patented rarely copied star wars time show review and deep dive so we got that coming at you tales of the jedi dropped last week you heard me lamenting that i am not a fan of star wars double content drop days and while tales of the jedi was pretty fucking excellent and worth the extra star wars work time last week I can confirm having multiple new star Wars drop on the same day is not good for my health. Yeah. Okay. Just not good for my health. Uh, yesterday, I think, or last week on Wednesday, I even built into my real life schedule. Cause I knew it was going to be a busier star Wars day. I, I lectured right after lecturing one in the tales. right after watching it, started breaking them down. By the time I was done, it was six 45 at night. So I started my Star Wars day at five in the morning. It ended at 630 at night with a nice little bonus of getting my flu and uh, COVID shot. So I ensured that I was going to feel like shit (laughs) by Thursday. So (laughs) last week was a fun week, but we got all sorts of Star Wars to unpack for you. Nick and I, we were just popping little chubbies talking about Tales of the Jedi uh, I can already sense that he's kind of in line with me in terms of the the Dooku content and what that could have meant for the prequels if, if George would have included those stories back in 99 when The Phantom Menace released. He was telling me his favorite episode. So we got all that stuff to talk about. It's going to be a fun day full of Star Wars. But that means, for you pop culture lovers out there, that Pop Culture Talk, the segment that we usually open the show with, is going to be cut very short in fact nick i I just want to leave it at this i know i gave us some homework to do so i do want to check in on that Uh, but the show we were supposed to check out to fill the void of of she-hulk and rings of power and for me house of the dragon all falling off of the the boob tube menu yes we we committed to checking out the uh, the Peripheral on Amazon Prime, starring Chloe Grace Maratz and yeah. what's the other guy Jack Rayner, I believe, yeah. or John Rainer, something Rainer. Uh, he I can't tell if he has cross eyes or not, but I can tell that the show, The Peripheral. Now we we've seen the first two episodes. We have yep. not seen episode three, uh, but just like the Intern. And I forget his expert use of slang talking about his penis mm. and woodpecker beaks. But I, I concur in full. I, I think the peripheral is just what the doctor ordered. The geek doctor ordered after losing shows like Rings of Power and um, for me, House of the Dragon. Yeah, um, I'm digging it. I, I'm digging the 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 concept. I guess it's based on a book, but let's just say it's. It's near future, but there's yeah, possible other futures. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, some VR stuff. And I, I don't know, Nick, I just, I find it very intriguing. I like where things are going. Uh, the wife and I are definitely looped in, locked and loaded, ready for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, it, it was really good. I think the the primary story is set or, you know, where you're spending a, a, a lot of time. And it is set 10 years from today or 10 like 2032. Yeah. It's
0: like 2033, 32.
1: Yeah. So 10 years from there. But yeah, I mean, we both liked it. Um, Taylor had actually read a book by that same guy, by the author of, you know, what this is based on, but not, not this book. And she said that like, he does kind of like to play in this kind of like near future type of realm often. Um, or at least that's what the book that she read was kind of similar in in terms of the timeline. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was really good. Totally worth checking out. If you have an Amazon prime membership, um, free on prime video, uh, really enjoyed the, the acting angle. It's, it's, it's by the people who made Westworld as well. So if you enjoyed Westworld, you may, um, also like this storytelling. So yeah, check it out.
0: Yeah, they they didn't. I mean, they adapt. I'm assuming they adapted the book. So unlike Westworld, where they loosely based it off of a movie yeah. a book and a and a movie. Yeah. Uh, this this is kind of the same. So I don't know the source material. I don't know if those fans are pissed off or not. But I can tell you, just as a a a dummy coming into it, you know, someone that doesn't really get down with words and shit, I. I got sucked right into it. I'd say my wife even more so than me, which should speak volumes about this show's potential. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying my wife, you know, stares at a wall and drools coming out of her mouth, but she, you know, she's not as as geeky and into sci-fi and, and fantasy as myself. And, and Nick, she was the one actually going... I kind of want to rewatch episode two before we watch episode three. I was like, I don't know about that, there super fan. Yeah, I, I do my fanboying for Star Wars. She so, definitely.
1: Yeah. Taylor also was like, after the first episode, I was like, all right, it's it's decent. But she was the one who was like, let's watch episode two next. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, she seemed yeah. more into it than I did. So, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, man. I I, I kind of had the same thing over here. So it's very interesting. Um, but it's
1: uh, it's worth a shot,
0: Kevin. Kevin here in the live stream, I'm, I thought they confirmed that Westworld was going to get in fifth and final season. I I thought that came out, but uh, I'm with you because, because season four, actually, I'm not someone that really got sour on Westworld. I've stuck with it throughout. Uh, I will admit season three was a definite change of pace and you could get kind of lost. Season four, I felt did a good job kind of wrangling things back in and, and making it feel more like, uh, the first season or two. So I would like to see a final season. I, I thought that got confirmed, I think but so. I'm, I, I could definitely be pulling that out of my ass. Jonathan
1: so. Nolan drops hint at New York comic-con about fifth and final season negotiations. This was, uh, okay. in, this was okay. in October, October 8th. So a little bit less than a month ago. So maybe it's not confirmed yet, but he's still in active conversations with the network is what he said
0: they they definitely have another season's worth of story to tell that w- that was clear enough by the end of, of season four I mean I guess you could I guess you could end it and be like well hey you you as a viewer can decide where things go and, and by the way I fucking hate that I think that's a cop-out oh, yeah. bullshit way to end a series and yeah. why I still think Breaking Bad and now more recently Better Call Saul are, are still probably the best tv or or, or series out there because they actually have a beginning middle and a definitive end i like definitive ends you know what i mean i I don't i don't want to sit there and have to think like sopranos like what really did happen it's like just fucking tell show (laughs) us we're too stupid to come up with these stories in the first place or we'd have them on hbo right just just give us what we need we're dumb uh, hey there, Justin. SW props. I have to mention props. Um. You know, he he does this this con circuit now. Nick, I, I I'm sure you don't. I know you don't dabble in the media, but he he's kind of started a company, and he's got I think Lauren Mary Kim, Emily, Emily Swallow, and he just added uh, the actor that plays. Casa from Andor. Wow, that's awesome. And and we were trying to get him on the show or, or, or do some sort of interview this weekend, but he only has him this weekend. My weekend's kind of shot with a little trip and family stuff. But we, we we hopefully down the road might be able to work out some sort of guest spot to get young Casa on here to talk about his time. Filming those flashbacks on Canary. Very cool. Um, Very so cool. Justin doing doing things, and you, you know Devin there is helping with the promos too. I believe they'll all be out at the Rhode Island Comic Con this weekend. So if you want to meet Young Casa and potentially some of Justin's other clients for some signings, you know what to do. Check them out at SW Props on Insta. Huh. yeah. So I mean, outside of that pop culture is like blah blah blah. Nick, I, I will admit, and I do want to move on to the Star Wars, but for the first time in a few iterations, I felt the pull to buy a new Call of Duty, like all the other blind-following gamers out there that shell out $800 million a year to Activision for for uh, Call of Duty. But I've, I've always been a fan of the Modern Warfare franchise. I know this is kind of like a, <laughs> a remake or a restyling of Modern Warfare too, so... I hope to be checking that out. I, I, I have you know, not li- bought
1: a Call of Duty game in over a decade.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I and and look, li- I don't blame you. I always, when I was really in the gaming, gaming media, I did look forward to the yearly Call of Duty campaign and playing that bitch on on veteran. Like ever since Call of Duty two, I felt like it was a real accomplishment in life to beat a Call of Duty game on the veteran difficulty. Uh, I don't think I'm going to return to those, those, those days of gaming masochism because <laughs> I used to get quite animated, might've bit my finger or punched my quad a few times, but it was funny. It's like, I, I don't know if this is just me and I'm a, I'm a consumer asshole. Like I'm, I'm the, I'm the person that all corporations want because I just sitting here a little bored on a Sunday, Steelers are fucking garbage. Yep, so yep. no point in paying attention. And I'm scrolling through my Xbox menu. I'm like, oh, new Call of Duty. Okay, I'll buy it. (laughs) i just buy it, download it. Haven't even touched it yet. It's like, it's the same shit I used to do with toys. Oh, new toys. A year later, they show up and I go, what? I I bought all this shit. Why do I want this stuff? I'm the
1: same. I mean, if you look behind me, consoles off to the side and they're unopened. They're like yeah. games still in the plastic wrapper that are PS4 games.
0: <laughs> so like, unbelievable. Yeah, me too, man. So and and you, I know you too. You yeah. you might have been. I mean, you were obviously younger. But I used to go three or four hours early on a, on a, on a, like a Monday night to GameStop and wait in line to get fucking games to run home, rip them open, and play oh, them yeah. I, I've done until the crack of dawn. I've done a few. And, and now it's like. Stuff, you know and now just like toy photography, I almost have to like get myself up, like get fucking motivated. (laughs) Like, yeah, "Yeah. I'm going to fucking play a game today. Let's go. I will say (laughs) like (laughs) the the steam deck
1: has been like a game changer for me in terms of, in terms of my gaming. Like I've, I've almost filled up the entire one terabyte of memory that I have between the on deck memory and then the, the additional memory card. It's almost filled up. I've been playing like, I've been playing this game, Scarlet Nexus, that I mentioned before. I'm like 20 hours into that game. And it's just like, it gives me the ability to sit there, play for 20 minutes, put it down. I'm on my couch. I don't need to worry about like doing long sessions. That game has like save points often. So I can play for 20 minutes, sit it down. And then like, basically, I've just been like, what's on sale today? And what has a green check mark for the for the deck?
0: <laughs> is it does yeah. it look interesting Like i'm not i'm not gonna play it i just want to spend money that's what yeah. it is it's like i just want to do it it's gonna make it's gonna you, you know what it is nick it's like it gives you for a millisecond yeah one one feeling of 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 excellence like, like oh. i i finally feel good today yeah. and you buy it and then you're like okay i'll probably never like play this game this, but
1: bro least- <laughs> tato five five dollars <laughs> steam deck green check mark
0: and I've played it yeah, for like, like Fuck two it. hours
1: and I'm like five bucks. That's that. Like I've got my money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, dude, I'm with you. I'm devolving a bit myself. Cause I, uh, I picked up a new iPad and I was like, you know what? I really miss playing tower defense games. Oh dude. I go <laughs> so- <laughs> through those
1: sometimes as well. I, I-
0: I was like, all right, I was this, what is the best tower defense game in 2022? And he yeah. just pulled up a list. I was like, fuck it all. I think it's like Kingdom something I'm playing. It was like the number one. But I, I I was reminded of like how I just love a good tower defense game. They're they're not fully mindless, but you can sorta like also watch TV and do other shit as you're setting your defenses and yeah. and maximizing your 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 you're this tower that tower so i don't know I, I dude i almost installed plants vs zombies the original again because that to me was one of the best that just was. straight up td games out there all right good stuff Whew, see see everyone especially you younger fans <laughs> it never ends you'll, you'll grow up and be the same asshole that you are now you may just have more money and free time to be that asshole <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> All right. Did you guys do any, any Halloween shit? Are you adults that we, don't get into that? We
1: did not do Halloween stuff this okay. year.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I always get yelled at for this time of the year because I, I don't, I don't understand adult Halloween parties. Um, I don't know. Like I just, and I'm not, I'm not, and listen, I'm not making fun of you. Like if you want to do it, go for it. For me, I just, I feel way too awkward. Uh, Even even knowing that I'm going to go there and just get shit faced, like I I don't care. Like I I can get shit faced in my fucking underwear. (laughs) I don't need to get all all done up like it's like, you know, I mean, I, I appreciate cosplaying. I like all that shit. But for some reason, post college, I just have have not been down with adult themed Halloween parties. We did. We did two. We did one year before or
1: not year before we did one last year with uh, like a few of our friends at home. Taylor wasn't here cuz she was out of town because she was doing like a a weightlifting competition. But um we typically try to do them, but it's like optional. It's like you can dress up if you want to. If you if you don't want to, that's fine and we just have like a house party. So that's typically how we how we do it.
0: Yeah. God, yeah, I know. I mean, I sound like an old angry curmudgeon, <laughs> but I mean that that's what I am. I just I mean, even yesterday our neighborhood, we, we did it up. We we brought a food truck in, parked it like in front of my driveway and my neighbors. Uh, but but I I walked out. I'm like fuck. I gotta I gotta socialize with people, and this is a Monday night, so I can't like mask my introvertness by having a few drinks because you know I don't drink during the week. I can't, or I'll I'll like explode. I'm I'm like that OCD weird with that stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, there's like some people are dressed up. Hey, where's your costume? Like, hey, look, I wore an orange fucking hoodie. That's good enough. Look, orange and black pants. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, in a I'm hunting a outfit. <laughs> <With my laughs> yeah, I live my... in Ohio. I'm a fucking hunter. Yeah, there, you there you go. go. Yeah. Good one. I should I should have thought of that. I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I'm just being an angry son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I feel like college is should be the cutoff. Even then, it's it's a little... I just do whatever strange. you wear costumes every day. I don't give a fuck. That's what like, that's what I like. That's why I give cosplayers so much respect. Cause they're, they're like, fuck it. I don't need a holiday. Nothing. I'm going to spend my hard earned money and my time. And I'm going to craft a bitch costume and travel to destinations. So strangers can gawk at me and take pictures. Like I, those people go for it. If you just do it one time a year for Halloween, so you can get shit faced during the week, then I don't know. Maybe rethink your life. <laughs> I really sound like an old Catholic person know, right? right now. Like, you know what I mean? The All devil's right. day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I didn't watch any good, uh, like uh, I threw on terrifier just cause I heard Richard Christie from the Stern show talking about it. Uh, you ever heard of that Terrifier no. with Art the Clown? No, have not heard of Are you into like, into like horror movies and slasher gross shit or not really?
1: Sometimes like Taylor can't really watch a lot of like yesterday we watched Scream, the original Scream, because like she she can watch that and she Classic. realizes that Scream is more of a comedy than it is a horror movie at this point. Um, right. but typically she, we, we don't watch a lot of horror movies.
0: I'm okay. But with you, you guys aren't, you're, you're not going to throw on like barbarian no, on HBO. No. I mean, I highly recommend it, but yeah, that movie is fucking demented. Yeah, so yeah. I did, I did, I did try to get into the season a bit, but I, I just, sometimes the stuff doesn't like, I, I, I enjoyed Pearl, but I did not think it, it was remotely as scary as X, which is the, the, the sequel to it. Okay. All right. I'm getting off track. It's Star Wars time, my friends. There is always time for it. That's why you are here. And we're going to get into the first of our big topics, and that is Andor. That's right. Episode 8, Narkeena 5. So as we've been doing this session, we used to do eggs first and then review. Now we're doing review and then eggs. So because I've been kind of dominating as usual, I'm going to go ahead and let my man Nick... Give his thoughts on Narqina Five. So, yeah. what say you, Nick? How how did this one move you? The first of a trilogy story arc.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a good first episode for a trilogy arc. I will say that I was surprised for the most part. I thought it was a decent episode. Um, the the parts inside of the prison with with Cassian were probably the most interesting to me. Just seeing like the interior workings of the imperial prison system and how, and basically like how they, in in some ways, it's like complete torture. But then in other ways, it's it's actually like, it gives you this sense of productivity where like you want to work harder. Like, you know.
0: It's an interesting form of slave labor. It that's is, for sure. it
1: is. Because they're like, look, you can eat as much as you want. The food <laughs> has no taste, but you can eat as much as you want when you're in your. And get taste. Yeah. Like, if you win, you get taste. If you win, yeah. Like they incentivize you to actually work better to do better work by being like you'll get more flavor maybe you'll get like you know maybe you'll get time off of your sentence and all of these other things like it's it's it was very interesting to see the inner workings of the prison um and the one thing that i was surprised at is the the interaction between miro and cyril went completely differently than i thought i thought that she would want his like you know like
0: hey, keep in contact, nah. we're going to work he, together. He's an annoyance to yeah. her. That was funny where she's like, hey, asshole, will you quit logging false yeah. requests? false, like false requests and
1: reports. And if you do uh, it again, a- it won't be me you're talking to.
0: Like, <laughs> he is such a tool, though, yeah. is he not? Like, You almost have to love how douchey he is yeah. at this
1: point. I almost think that, like, because there were two trajectories that Cyril could go on from the last time that we saw him. Like, we, we kind of assumed that he was going to take the trajectory where, like, You know, him and Miro were going to kind of like link up and he was going to become like a, you know, a low ranking member of the Imperial security force, the ISB perhaps. And then like slowly work his way up under Miro. But it went the complete opposite way where Miro is like, Mm -hmm. you're an annoyance. And she, she treats him like everybody else in the ISB treats the people below them. She uses, she used him as a stepping stool. Give me the information that I want. Good. Shut the fuck up and never talk to me again. Like, so now I almost think that he may veer off into like.
0: He's going rogue. Yeah, he's
1: going to go rogue. And like, he's not going to be a part of this Imperial Security Bureau or he's he's going to like break away from the Imperial superstructure almost completely and, and like try to go on a solo mission and like get himself killed or he ends up somehow joining the rebellion. Those are the only two outcomes Here's, that I see for Okay, him.
0: since since you brought it up, I'm um, I, I I do agree that he's going rogue and I I honestly think Nick he's going to do enough to almost look like he knows what's doing and might get his guy. Yeah. But in the end, I think he's going to be the reason that yeah. that Miro's plan also fails. Like <laughs> somehow Cyril is going to do enough to look like he's going to get the guy and redeem himself. But he is going to fuck it up at the last minute, which is going to fuck it up for the Empire and probably allow Cassian or Cassian's friends and family uh, to get away with it with another job or, or another essentially getting one over on the ISB and the Empire again on Fair. I just I have a feeling that this dude. Dudley do right. Yeah, I'm going to I'm, 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 I'm going to clear my name and blow. <laughs> it. And just as he's about to do it, just as he's about like, Miro, Miro, look, look, look. He's gonna fuck something Perfect, yeah. up, and it, it's like you said, it's either gonna cost him his life, or at yeah. that point, he's gonna the like empire will kill him. Trip over yeah, the empire, a fucking,
1: like he's gonna like exactly. trip over something <laughs> and like hit the prisoner <laughs> release button, and everybody gets yeah. out <laughs> of <the> prison. Yeah, <laughs> shit
0: like that. yeah, everyone starts. All the prisoners get out, and then yeah. he also like trips landmines where the empire's standing. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's it's gonna be like a, a Wile E. Coyote moment where. You know, you think he's finally going to get the Roadrunner, but he's going to do something stupid that costs him everything once again. So, yeah. all right, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to jump in on that when you were in on that. Uh,
1: but, yeah, I mean, I think that that has been, like, that's been interesting following Cyril's journey. I know that we kind of thought that it stalled out for a couple of episodes there, but I think it's it, it picked up in an interesting way. Um, and overall, it was, like, I think the the other interesting part was in like within the party, just hearing the chatter, you know, like hearing all of the, the, the higher ups and the, the, the different people in political factions and stuff like that, talking about like Palpatine and, you know, they're like, Oh, well, you know, we need this type of order or, and, then just oh, like yeah. hearing yeah. all of like the back and forth <laughs> about the, the current political climate and Palpatine and his temperament and everything ab- about that, like just kind of getting more into the minutia of, the universe and and how people within the imperial senate are thinking about like the actions that are being taken and stuff and you know i thought that was order all
0: right. order is a big thing in, in star wars and really here and, yeah. and order in star wars has always been under the guise of dictatorship fascism i mean, fascism. I mean yeah. that that's kind of and you can you can literally draw through lines to modern human society right now with 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 and or politics i mean it's it's like dead nuts on you have a faction that believes everything will be okay if there is order and control and then you have a faction that still believes in democracy and freedom and there we go those of you that still haven't figured it out the rebels are the good guys they like democracy the empire they're the bad guys they like dictatorships okay it's not that hard to figure out yeah For you Star Wars fans that, like, try to, or even comic book fans that try to attach heroes to certain parties or political leaders. You're fucking wrong! (laughs) We're freedom fighters here, people. Not fascists. All right. So, here's my deal on this episode. I'll be, I'll be frank. Least favorite so far. I can see that. Now, does that... Does that mean it's bad? Absolutely not. Does that mean it's filler? Absolutely not. I've told you many, many years ago, many episodes ago, there is no such thing as Star Wars filler. It's it's your problem. Like, if you can't understand what's happening in a slower episode or a, a more dialogue-heavy episode, it's something wrong with your brains, okay? So, it was my least favorite, Nick, and I think the reason for me, unlike the previous seven episodes, and I don't know why, I didn't experience A single iota of tension there 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 was no nerves for me no tension no anxiety no sitting on the edge of my seat it was very much i was just sitting there processing listening and and watching yeah and it was still all great same great writing uh you could see how this episode was setting things up for nine and ten to kind of wrap it all up and bring it home but it just for me lacked that feeling of of almost constant dread that is that I've experienced in in uh, episodes 1 through 7 so uh, i i enjoyed getting deeper into the the empire and the machines of the empire like nick i I think seeing the prison was awesome and, and, and seeing prison life and how the prisoners were reacting to the, the, the PROD and them reali- realizing on the inside that shit's getting really bad on the outside and that they're probably even more screwed than they already were. You know, people having their, their sentences doubled, just like we, you know, we've heard in casual dialogue bits in previous episodes. Now we're seeing it paid off. So I loved all that shit. I just, for some reason, the episode lacked that, like, ooh, oh, shit. Whoa, oh, my God, what's going to happen in the next scene? Like, oh ooh, ooh, yeah. ooh, you know, that type of stuff. I, I agree with that. It definitely lacked the
1: dramatic tension of some of the other ones, probably just because, like, now is the time where, like, you're, you're setting the stage, and then, like, the tension will start to, like, build over the next episode and then come to a head in the third one. Um, but I do agree that there was, like, there wasn't a sense ever that like Cassian may be getting close to escaping or like, you know, there yeah, were, or, f- or
0: in date, like, I mean, I know he's in prison, but I never really felt like he was in danger. Yeah. Like
1: there uh, were because the way that they function here is essentially like, look, man, you have to like, like it's not of benefit to the empire for these people to kill themselves because then they lose productivity They have to get more people in, which is why they're training. Yeah, you have to train them all this shit. So it's like it's not of benefit for, for them to like kill themselves. So that's why they're like, look, you can eat as much as you want. Here's water. Here's fresh water. They clean like they clean the rooms every day. Like you get a fresh misting shower every day. So like they try to give you good living with a bunch of
0: other naked dudes. I mean that, I mean, if you're into that,
1: that's a bonus as well. And like you, they also set it up as like a semi prison experiment too, to where the, there is a prisoner that is also running the other prisoners.
0: He's the supervisor. Yeah. So like,
1: I don't think he's gotten to like, he's clearly trying to figure out like, okay, what's something that I can try to get around? Like he saw how things were working now. He's like, okay, the floor is electrified. That is one way. Like, how can I get around this? Which is eventually, oh, yeah. I think what we're going to start to see in in the next episode is like, what what is he going to do to his feet to make him not get
0: electrocuted
1: to death, but can make it. Oh, seem they're they're like- getting
0: those boots, man, that I felt like I don't know if you felt this way watching it, but when he arrived at the prison, really until he gets to block five or unit five he they almost focus too long on obvious shit like he stares at the shoe rack of rubber shoes yeah he does you see him he's looking there he's looking at how many guards are in the hall i mean you can you can see cassian processing all the information one would need to know um to get out but we'll, we'll talk about more on that because we we've actually through officially released tv spots I mean, obviously that's that's inevitable, but in terms of the breakout, it may not uh, be the people you, you are expecting it to be. But uh, through TV spots and just if you have a brain, I think you can kind of figure out who the group of people are going to be. That, that get into the breakout and then who ultimately makes it out. I mean, one of them is a character in Rogue One, which we'll talk about here in a little bit when we get to our Easter eggs and top moments. So, yeah, I mean, really, my, my last few thoughts on this episode, still quality, okay? I'm not saying it was bad or I'm going to start shitposting Star Wars on my social media now. It just didn't quite have that that feeling of, of desperation, yeah. That I felt the other episodes had, like you, you, it's almost like you always felt something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen. It was almost like a sense good, of despair
1: more than anything. Like he was just like he kind of just like fell into oh, this yeah. hole like, of like before this is they do that.
0: Bef- yeah. before they did that 30 day time jump, I, I think that's the first time we saw Cassie and realized that he fucked up. Yeah. Like, big time.
1: He's he's in trouble.
0: <laughs> like he he's fucked. Like, cause they even show him like in the dark, he puts his head down, he's sitting. And that's the first time I've ever really seen this character uh, broken mentally. Yeah. But Hey, he, he rebounds within 30 days. He's right, right into the routine, just like the rest of them trying to get whatever a table five, to be uh number one so yeah yeah um, it it was fun just lack that that constant thrill i guess all right dude so let's uh let's go through some of the top moments and see where the discussion goes on these but the um the first one i had we we, we kind of talk about it here and and that was the meeting that we had been expecting the the serial dedra i guess i've been calling her Dedra. it's it's Dedra, Dedra. D-E-D, all right. Dedra Miro uh, didn't go as planned, and and really, I think the best part about this opening scene, Nick, between these two, besides her just completely discounting him, and us getting to, uh, or 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 the idea being reinforced that Cyril is one of the biggest tools in all of Star Wars, it was the next scene where she's talking to the broader ISB and we learn that that she potentially other agents have been aware of luthen mm-hmm. for a while now so much so that we learned his code name and we learned that luthen is known as axis to the empire and the reason they call him axis is because he seems to be the the, the central point for where all this rebel activity has happened all these heists stealing Star path units here, or that unit there, this unit there. So, so you start to see that they, you understand more why Luthen is, is so damn nervous and and has been cautious up until Cassian's point. Yeah. He he is on the, the Empire's radar. He's been on their radar so much so that Deidre Dedra now has some tho over the idea. Like, listen, this guy doesn't fuck up yeah but he fucked up on Ferrex. that's why wolf i need the fucking resources pal because this dude is everything to our investigation of the this burgeoning rebel movement yes Uh, so that's why i like the 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 opening isb scenes here
1: yeah no i mean those those were pretty solid it also like pretty much confirms what we assumed that Luthan is probably going to die at like maybe even in this season at this point if they're so like it seems like they're they're pretty locked in on him as the central nexus like you said of all of this rebel activity and now that they have another piece that they can directly link to him especially now that bix has been captured like you can assume that he may not make it to the end of season one and then well the responsibility i think
0: i think stalin ruined that for all of us by the way did he say so. something i
1: don't remember <laughs>
0: i'm i'm pretty sure dude and this this would have been months ago he's like oh yeah <laughs> it's like yeah i can't wait to do season two and have more scenes with forrest whitaker and shit like that so <laughs> uh i i think luthan at least makes it into the next season but yeah i mean obviously he is he's not long for the world yeah. for for clear reasons i mean we're talking about the grandfather of the rebel alliance and then he just never shows up again so clearly yeah, he's he die. gets taken out he, he has he, he to gets die. taken out and i still think that's that's a, one of the reasons why one of the many reasons why mon will eventually be like all right fuck it i need to it's time i i am face yeah. i'm gonna go ahead and take the mantle now that axis is is off the map yeah all right next top moment and and we also just kind of mentioned this was just cassian the particular moment was cassian he made it through his day there he gets to the barracks and as we just discussed for the first time y- you could really feel as a viewer that his reality hit him like smacked him across the fucking face with a two by four. When, when, when he was shown, he's going to be eating out of a tube, flavorless liquid. Yep. If you step on the floor, you die. He's in here probably the rest of his life, even though it says six years, but all the other prisoners like, listen, man, P.O.R.D. What does it mean? What's it happening? We're all going to be here forever. Aren't we? They're never letting us out. He, he's just absolutely destroyed. And like I said, it's just, it's not, it's not an emotion we have seen Cassian really experience in, in Rogue One and the prior seven episodes. So I, I, I thought it kind of hit. That like, hey, this guy who seems cold as ice, he he can be broken too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think is I think you you hit it on the head. It's like now he realized like the the depth of what he's involved in. And like he's he's got this sentence for literally doing nothing for like li- just like walking along a pathway. I'm a tourist. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a tourist <laughs> for just walking along the way while the empire was chasing somebody else. Like, uh, so so now he so like he knows one. Like I'm in prison for six years for this. Imagine if they find out who I really am. Like then I'm really fucked. So I think that it's just like it's hitting him now. And I think that this is going to be another reason why he may lean a little bit more heavily into the rebellion once he gets out. Because he's like, now now I can see, like, the Empire is not just, like, this thing that, you know, like, it's not not going to affect me. Because I think that's what his thought was prior. He's like, the Empire's doing Empire shit there. It's not going to affect the way that I live. It's not going to affect the way that I go about my business. But now that he's, like, been put inside of this prison and now he sees, like, the aggressive moves that the Empire is taking to, like essentially you know tighten its grip on the galaxy and the people in the galaxy he's gonna be like okay like now that i'm out i actually we probably need to do something about this because if this continues the the whole galaxy is going to shit
0: yeah no i i agree i i and i did think that this episode did a great job at without it being in your face showing us why Luther was excited that the empire was going to crack down yeah i mean i know he said it again in this episode when he went to, to meet crazy guy in the cave yep. but it's doing what he wanted i mean you you could just see the hysteria in the fucking prison and these people aren't even in the public space where they can get the direct hollow nets i mean the, the prisoners are freaking out and they're already locked up that that that's some deep shit that that goes to show you like how far reaching this PORD is and how bad it is messing with just the common folk of the galaxy. And and ultimately they are gonna suffer for many more years, but Luthan knows and knew that this was the only way. Yeah. Like he said an episode ago, hey, they've been at this point, they've been choking us so slowly, some of us don't even know we're being choked to death. Yeah. So he he needs the Empire to come back like they were at the beginning, just, just as Nick said, putting a chokehold on the galaxy. Yeah. Cause that is going to get people that is going to get, uh, you know, the Cassians of the galaxy to finally wake up and go, you know what? I can't just be a, 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 a grifter and, and bounce around the galaxy always running. Yeah. I am going to have to do something here. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's the
1: ultimate like, use of short-term pain for long-term gain. But the short-term pain is, like, turning the Empire into essentially, like, a tyrannical juggernaut that just, like, is smashing people and planets all around the galaxy. Which is what, like, as somebody who's, like, leading a rebellion, you would imagine, like, I don't want this to get this bad, but it has to get that bad for people to see what they what needs to happen
0: oh yeah and and it obviously gets horrible because the rebel alliance forms by the time of the battle of yavin but right before that what does the empire do it blows up an entire fucking planet for not complying like that that's that was the next step of the empire's clampdown from the aldhani mission think about that all this now stems from Aldhani, and that's fun shit to think about as a Star Wars fan. Yes, the Death Star was under construction well before that, but they're always building it as a a stick. Yeah. That's what it was. The Death Star was a large stick, but because of events of Aldhani and after, they're like, you know what? We are, We're going to actually have to use this fucking stick a few times to show people... what it can do and that's why you got the Jetta test and then and then ultimately alderaan eats shit so yeah yeah, i don't know i mean it was i think um diego just did a really fantastic job in in the prison like just you could see it on his face like fuck it was that feeling of shit what have I done? Mm-hmm. I just left my poor fucking rebel loving mom on Ferrix because I was so worried about getting laid on in space, Florida and yeah. getting something to eat at a convenience store. <laughs> so, um, no, speaking of a good meme, I just, I saw one today. It's, uh, Ray Palpatine in, in, in Cassian. And it says, I am all the Skywalkers. Then I am all the Sith. And then Cassian says, I am a tourist. <laughs> yeah, I
1: am <have> a tourist. <laughs> oh,
0: I a tourist. love it. The poor bastard. Even when they were, you know, figuring out which transport to go on, he's still going. But what? I'm just I'm a tourist. Just, yeah. It's <laughs> like, hey, hey, Keith Gergo, give it yeah, up, pal. It it's doesn't too matter late now, <laughs> buddy.
1: That shit is. <laughs> Welcome over.
0: to the new empire. You are fucked for being a tourist. Six years. Uh, okay, another top moment here, and in, and one, I may want to dig in a little bit. Cinta um, and Val. Okay, we Sinta, I. And this is where I like Tony's writing. He don't fuck around with little bullshit, right? We were all worried, oh, she's gonna be stuck on Aldani, and sure shit, she's on Ferrex, ready to start assassinating people. Yeah,
1: she got the off. interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the, the it, and there was no reason to see that. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it, I, I like all that stuff. Just hey, we'll move characters from you know A to B, and it doesn't matter. And it, and it doesn't. That's just good storytelling. But the important part and why this was a top moment for me. Is I don't know if you picked up on this, Nick, but you know, Val's like, oh, what's your backstory gonna be as you're essentially settling in, going undercover on Ferex And and kind of like a dick, Sinta's like, Well, I don't know. Why don't I just be a rich girl running from her family? <laughs> which was a direct attack at yeah. Val, yeah. which confirms speculation we had last week, Nick. So to dive a bit deeper into this top moment. One one piece of our speculation has been confirmed. Val comes from money. Yeah. Now, is it a family we know or have already seen? That's the next question.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would assume that it's somebody that we're familiar with. I, I'll i put it that way. Like, I don't think it's Mothma's. Like, I don't think it's the Mothma's. Um, because you would imagine... I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't, though. Like, if she... If she like left the family and was like, well, I'm going to go. I don't agree with going what's going on here. I'm going to go do things on my own. They probably wouldn't even speak about her. They would probably just like wholly forget it, like not bring her up.
0: Especially Perrin. I mean, at this point, I think Perrin's a fucking cyborg. I mean, that guy is one of the, the shadiest supposed, I guess, in between characters you know he's not he's clearly not a hero he's clearly not full bad but he's like scum yeah he's just a, he's a fucking scummy rich guy is what he is yeah uh, yeah i don't i mean i know there's a scene between val and mon coming up based on trailers uh we've we've tied her to Luthen himself uh, her, her name's Val Sartha. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, if Sar- that's Sar- Sartha real name, may but. just
1: be like a. That's what I was gonna say. Like her, her last name isn't actually anything. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that
0: it doesn't. What like if she? The, what if she is Ray's lost sister, and be. she's a Palpatine from one of his other <laughs> zombie sons? <laughs> it's it's like, very. At
1: this point, I wouldn't put anything past them. Um, now,
0: okay. <laughs> do you think the reveal? Is it you do think it is going to be a family Star Wars fans would recognize? I would think when when we find out or hopefully we find out.
1: I would think so just because like you want a reveal like that to have weight, right? Like you don't want it to be like, oh yeah, and she's she's like a part of the Sarthas from fucking wherever, from this place like the guambo yeah the, <laughs> like the guambo sarthas in their their <laughs> massive mining complex it's like oh cool i guess like
0: yeah i I would like the, to hear a either a familiar senator name or i mean it would almost have to be a senator right uh, what at other this point yeah because you don't family names would you know unless it's like they, they run one of the main guilds
1: yeah it's like you know like i could see it being like maybe like a name we're not familiar with, but then they say like, oh yeah, they like they run the Zerka Corporation or something like that. Like is yeah. is affiliated with like a big massive entity that we are familiar with in some way, shape, or form. Um huh. but I would I, like, I, I, I do hope that it is in some way affiliated with a with a group of people that we're we're familiar with.
0: I'm still, I don't know. I guess it's so obvious. Maybe that's why that it's going to be Luthan. So it, it, it I'm sticking be, with yeah. that. It just, man, when the, in episode four, when those two had that conversation, I got dad-daughter vibes a little bit. When, when he was starting to get it a little more serious, like, listen, motherfucker, I'm the boss. You're going to do what the fuck I say. Just shut the fuck up and deal with it. Yeah,
1: no, I I definitely agree with that. That was one thing that I was like, man, I really do think that, like, after seeing that interaction, that there is some other relationship here other than just like, this is the girl that Luthen runs his shit through.
0: Like, I I felt like there was more. The the other, like, I guess the counter argument to that is, she's not really running from her family. Then, if she is working Working directly with Luthen as a rebel spy, you would imagine
1: that, like, Sinta, if it seems like Sinta knows who Vel is, just straight up. Oh yeah. So like, v- like Tark. What if she's a Tarkin? Could could be a Tarkin. Could be like an Imperial defector. You would family. assume
0: he's he's fucking rich at this point in time. Oh yeah, I would assume that he's rich.
1: It could. Yeah, I mean, like it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that she's. That, that's what I'm ho- uh, like. Reference. I'm
0: just I'm just throwing out names we've heard about. But yeah, I, I would either like a a senator we know about or an Imperial officer. Uh, officer of some sort maybe
1: he's even like she's even related to like you like you has come in and has made his presence yeah, known that, that, for like that's the what last I mean. two, and he's seen you seems to be like the big isb guy here now like he's the one oh, who's like sure. you're the bad guy like Patagaz, they kind of pushed him off now you is taking much more of a a a upfront face forward um oh yeah he, he's running ISP. shit now so there, there's
0: no doubt about it i mean palpatine sent be, him down there to run yeah, things
1: like if she turned out to be like uh wolf Ularn's daughter that would be pretty fucking cool
0: all right yeah okay yeah so that, that's just the, the more i think about it Luthen doesn't make any sense at all so yeah no because we'll, we'll see cinta, but
1: cinta wouldn't poke her about that like cinta right, would be like right. well yeah like you're helping your family clearly
0: but she's she's clearly from what I would consider to be a a a powerful family within the Star Wars universe. Hopefully. You know Tony. He is the Lord. He has been knighted. You never know what he he's gonna do. He doesn't do cynical shit. But I I like Nick, I do think it would hit harder if it is at least a family we have known about from even Tony's favorite type of fiction, fan fiction. Yeah. All right, so, hey, there you go. Look, see, we, we know our shit. We told you Val, Val was somebody than just a regular rebel. She's a rich girl running from her rich family. All right, next top moment, and this this seems to be a theme here on this show when it comes to Andor. Oh, hey, Mythos Boba showing up for a live one. What's up there? He's quite the crafter. Just learned today that Ironheart Customs is fully restocked, so if you want to grab some Bitchin' custom capes and, and 3D printed stuff for your collections. Check out Iron Heart on Instagram. Look at all these free free plugs we do for people. Um, but anyways, Nick, like I was saying, anytime we get a Luthan scene, it's probably gonna be a top moment. He's he's become one of my favorite Star Wars characters. But in particular, once again, I I'm I, I'm still I'm still struck by this a Marquee. Who is Claya? I've asked it since we started breaking down this series, and again in this exchange, she's like, "Dude, you done fucked up on Ferrex. We need to we need to get back to locking things down. You need to get back on your game. Yeah, you know, you you got goofy with Cassian. We need to get the shit locked down. So I, I, I still feel like they're equals, at, at the least." I almost or feel Kleia, like
1: she has leverage over him.
0: Yeah. Somewhere. Does clay not feel like she could be slightly above him yeah. or, and be the connection to an even bigger body. Yeah. Or I, a bigger organization or more resource. Yeah.
1: And even just like, like her demeanor now that she's getting more screen time is definitely one of like, she almost like scolds him often.
0: Like, look at this. Look, I, 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 I I I knew what you're going with, and I I had to get a screenshot. But I mean, yeah, you're right. She she's almost doing eye rolls, like, yeah. dude. Hello, come on, McFly. Like she wants to smack him. Yeah.
1: So like your initial thought of like this person may be involved with the underworld, the underground in some yeah, way. Crimson shape Dawn or form. the
0: underworld clearly is in the circle. Is the circle part of the underworld an offshoot of Crimson Dawn? Yes, I do. I still do believe she has connections to that type of stuff. Yeah, no.
1: So I, I, I'm starting to believe that more and more that she is like, you know, whoever Luthan made a deal with to get like, to just get shit off the ground, to just start to make contacts in the underworld. Like she is the, like the liaison for that group.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can buy into that. And it, it feels that way. It's not like. I don't feel like he owes her anything and she doesn't owe him, but I, I, I think it's clear that he is not the number one. Yeah. And
1: she has an invested interest in him not fucking this up.
0: Like, yes, because if she, big time, like she's way more ice cold than him right now. I mean, she's the one going out. Hey, we got to kill Cassie. We got to kill Cassie. We got to kill Cassie. Yeah. I mean, she's like, dude, kill the fucking guy. Where he's still kind of like, oh, you know, they're taking care of it. Who cares? I'm going to go do my thing. I need to leave. She's like, why are you leaving right now? That's not smart. She She's the one trying to remind him like, look, we've gotten this far because you've been so careful. You fucked up on Farrick's. Ha- look, look at what is happening now. Yeah. I know you like it because it's helping the cause, but you're putting us in danger and you need to fucking calm down. Yeah.
1: So I do think that like if she was just like working with him, if she was just like, you know pushing for the same things that he's pushing for and has no and had no like vested interest in in what was going on here i feel like it would be a little bit different i feel like the relationship between the two would be different than what had like it has shown itself to be so far so
0: yeah and uh we got joe in here klondike studios a top fiver by the way this week asking maybe his daughter i don't I don't think so. I think at this point they've had enough closed door meetings. If they were related, we probably would have seen that take place, at least an embrace. Like, oh, dad, you know, don't don't be such an idiot. It, it would. I felt like we would have gotten that because they've been alone in their secret room where things are sanitized, they're not being spied on. So I, I don't think there's a direct relation. I, I kind of like Nick's angle, honestly, that yeah this this bigger force that we may or may not know about uh, helping the rebels while also helping their own shady stuff, kind of is like, hey th- this is our representative you you work with her, yeah, Which I, she says would be no different than if it was coming from us yeah, something like that
1: yeah. it, you know I, I think that's you know what would be okay, I'm trying to like time timeline thing things out here, Paul is dead. Right. Not yet. Not yet. No, so Maul's still.
0: He, Maul. I, I. I'm envisioning Maul is on his spirit walk right okay. now,
1: looking for a
0: Sith holocron.
1: Yeah. So that's that's what I figured. Like he's he's so either Kira, dead. Kira should be in charge of, of Crimson, Crimson Dawn. Dawn. Yeah. Because I was like, it, it would actually make even more sense that Crimson Dawn would be involved in this if Maul was still the head of it because he hates Palpatine so much
0: and like but through the comics you've learned that he taught kira like listen it's it's that guy and that guy they're the reason the galaxy's fucked up so she she learned through maul and that's why in these you know soon to be hidden empire and the crimson rain we saw that she had been planning all along putting plants in the empire the rebel alliance other uh, criminal organizations with the intent of taking down the only Sidious Invader that's it yeah so
1: I I, I like I can see it I could see her I could see Playa being a a a an agent
0: of, yes of dude she her, seems sure. so much like someone that I could see drawn right next to Kira in the comics they they just also like her it
1: doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean anything but her style like just look at like the way she wears her hair the way she wears her like eye makeup and like her her makeup and stuff like that that outfit that we saw her talking to vel oh the red one i mean yeah she put on the fucking
0: red she She put on the crimson itself Yeah, like she just sells
1: herself as like i'm a shady person but like even more shady than you think i am (laughs)
0: <laughs> so. yeah i i agree i agree i i think she is shadier than even Luthen, and and we learned through that great scene with saul that he's shady as fuck saul sh- oh they're all shady as fuck at this point in time because they have to be yeah they i mean like they you. they literally have to that that we'll get into the saul scene i actually think that's next but that that was a pretty excellent yeah that that is the scene right here so we might as well transition right into it so the the luthan saul scene and yes, SW Props was right. I think I swatted him a few times saying I didn't think we'd get to Saul yet, but but we got it. It was a great scene. Uh, I, I think everyone could see through the scene why Stellan was spilling the beans so early about Saul being in Andor, because I mean, I, I think the first report was he was just like, I got to act with Forrest Whitaker today, and it was one of the most fantastic scenes I've ever done, and... I mean it was a we fun. We got to scene. see it. It was a fun scene. It, it was a great it, it was a great scene, but I, Nick the interesting thing to me was just how uneasy they are with each other. I mean, they're like, hey, Aldhani, you did that, right? And he's like, No, oh, I was gonna hey, ask you. You, you did, did that. that. No, you you did it. No, you did. You did. Oh, I thought that was would have been your job. The, the whole conversation, they're just trying to get the other to admit that they did Aldhani, yeah. but they won't because they know that they they can't even trust each other as freedom fighters yeah, which yeah. is a very interesting dynamic at this point in time but even like like Luther
1: even tells saw at one point like hey you have to get your shit together because like if we're gonna do this we can't we have to come together at some
0: point we can't continue oh, Nick, the, the, the line is this it was a great line he says essentially saw why do you always have to argue with people that agree with you yeah is is what he says and it does as you were saying it pays off on how we know saul's story ends he just because of all the shit he went through in the clone wars and and kind of being left alone at the at the fall of the republic he just built up a a fucking shell and truly became an, an anarchist like in this in this scene uh Luthan's like bro what what do you want, man? Because Saul's like, they suck. The Parsons fucked it up. These people fucked it up. I'm the only one that knows the right thing. And Luthan says, so anarchy then. And Saul more or less doesn't disagree with him. So even at this point, Saul truly doesn't believe in a rebel alliance. No, he never, he never does. And that's why they never let him in. And they think he's essentially rebels version of ISIS by the time Rogue One comes around. But but Saul's like, listen, I I can't none of none of you people or or this leader or that faction, they don't know shit. I'm not helping him. Fuck that. They wouldn't help me. Fuck him. I mean, Saul's a pretty miserable piece of shit, if you think about it. Oh yeah. Like
1: Saul, he is so, I mean, like, we've seen what like basically brought him to his insanity through the Clone Wars. And like, he's just never been able to shake that. Like no. he's he's never no. been able to, like really readjust to society after like all of the trauma that he went through and we saw in, in clone wars. So, um, and it, it, it persists until his death. I mean, we essentially see that happen in clone wars, uh, or not in clone wars in rogue one. Like, like we thought like he gets even worse. Like you can see the mental decline of saw over the time period from like clone wars to, to rebels now into, uh andor and then to his ultimate demise in rogue one like he's just so mentally broken and there's not a lot that can be done about it
0: yeah i mean he he's not like borgali crazy yeah yeah he's he's bordering you know, there sticking his sticking his fingers in light sockets to do his hair every morning yeah. but yeah you, you could see he's getting close and and i actually think This scene would predate when we first meet him in Rebels, where he doesn't seem as nutty yet and he actually has a shaved head, which is, you know, it might have some continuity problems, but nothing you can't just close an eye to and get over. Who knows Uh, how fast his hair grows
1: back? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Exactly. Maybe maybe this shit grows like weeds. Who knows? Yeah. He he definitely doesn't suffer from Nick and I's problem with, with the hair on top of our heads. But th- this whole scene was great to just, you know, it-, it showed you a little more about Luthan and how he is this Axis, right? I mean, he- he's trying to recruit Saul's faction to go help out this, this Anton or whatever's faction. Yeah. And he knows with Saul's help, they could score another big victory. But even with proof of, hey, look, we pulled off Aldhani, Saul is not even willing to consider it. He's like, nope. you know what? We need all all the all the shit you have with you. You're willing to trade for this job. But because I'm so ignorant and pigheaded, take your fucking shit with you. And essentially with a smile, go fuck yourself. That's pretty much what he said at the end. Like, hey, take take those uh, satellite or whatever arrays and shove them up your ass because I know better than you. Even though you pulled off Aldhani, the most successful rebel mission to date, that has actually started to motivate people. But why would I listen to that? Because I've got the Borgale in the basement. (laughs) So...
1: I want to see it again, man. I want to see him link somebody up to to Borg again.
0: <laughs> but I, I think that's it. I, I do think that's it with with Saul in season one of Andor. Like I, I think it was just that quick check in. I do not see him being a hero and and coming to save things at the last minute to, you know, come in and at least be able to say, "See, I saved your ass, anyways." I I think that was just an exchange to give us more on Luthen, and how he's he's trying to ramp up the operations and he's trying to like and bring people together. He's like, look, we, yes,
1: we have one faction. You have your faction. If we put them together, if we start to work together, then we can start to really make a difference. But saw is
0: just, yeah, I mean, I I don't remember the exact phrase, but he more or less says like, Hey, Alhani was great, but if we don't act as one, that shit is, is useless. We're, we're, we're toast. We're, we're dead right from the get-go. If we don't start coalescing here and, and sharing resources, because you can tell, I mean, Saul is ve- he's very, mine, 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 mine. You no, know, it's mine. I'm not sharing my X-wings. I don't need your satellite arrays or whatever the fuck he was trying to hawk. Huh. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just, I don't see Saul needing to show up again. Yeah, Uh, I I think that 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 scene just kind of served a purpose to remind fans that Saul is kind of loony and on the fringe. Yeah. And that Luthen is really trying to ramp things up because he, you know, things the ball is rolling after Abhani. Yeah. So there's our uh, top moment. So now to get into the the few Easter eggs and there was a nice little sequel trilogy cameo, I'm sure. For most of you, it was not too hard to spot. You had Rogue One cameos as well. So there's some good stuff in here to talk about, starting with, if you're paying attention or use captions like I do, as uh, Cassian is kind of getting put into his transport, you can hear one of the other troopers tell another prisoner or another convicted tourist that their destination is Balsavis. And Belsavis is actually from way back when the Children of the Jedi novel... Uh, but Nick may be familiar with it because it popped up a lot of the times in Swo'tor. It, indeed, with so, the uh, Rakatan, it used to be like a one of the planets that the Rakatans kind of took over.
1: So. Yeah, so even in the Swo'tor timeline, it was still an Imperial prison planet. <laughs> Funny enough. Oh, okay. It was because like yeah, it was well, like, there. You go. Like one of the primary storylines that you get to towards the end of your run on Bel Savis is kind of working your way into these Rakatan prisons and and stuff like like these old ancient Rakatan even at that time like in Swotor time ancient Rakatan prisons and stuff like that and you get to mess with them there but before you get there Belsavis Savis is an imperial prison planet that has essentially been breached by the rebels and like there's shit like that you have to deal with so Belsavis Savis plays a Belsavis is the location of uh, of a raid on there too, uh, uh, Belsavis. So a uh, big part in, in SWOTOR for sure. Oh.
0: All right. So, see, it pays to turn on closed captioning. Definitely so does. that was um, Belsavis. Now, you got to wonder, Nick, I know I don't think Tony has directly written an episode since the first three. I forgot who wrote this Bo, one.
1: Beau Willimon of House of Cards fame wrote
0: this. Okay, so... Does Bo write in Bell Savis and shit like that, or see man, or where does a nugget like that come from in a in a show where you had the showrunner essentially say, "Fuck Easter eggs, fuck references," yeah. I'm Tony Gilroy, suck my dick.
1: I think that a lot of times what ends up happening here is like. It's not necessarily like insert planet name here when they turn in the script, but like they'll, I kind of think it is. I though, think that's dude. what they do, though, is like wh- whoever's writing it is like, hey, man, like I need the name of a, an yeah. imperial prison planet. And they just like send a list like this is what I need planetary wise in this episode. They send like, it off to so, Dave Filoni. So
0: it's like a booklet, you know, when you're <laughs> yeah. little kids, it's like, all right, put a noun here, a verb here, exactly. and an adjective it's, here, it's and it will come up with a story. So they, they send that to <laughs> Filoni's house. They're like, hey, Filoni. Gilroy's got his latest Mad Lib for you to fill yeah. out. We just need a few planet names <laughs> that, you know, the the dorkier fans are like, oh shit, they did that, where casual fans, they won't even notice. So go ahead and fill this out for us. I like a planet name here. I
1: think, dude, <laughs> I think that's what it is because. There is nobody like Bo Willimon has no reason to know the name Bell Savis. no, in fact, I like, dude. i
0: I didn't know it. Yeah. It's just this is what I did. I mean, you should see my notes when I'm done. i, I I'll have like fifty five names with question marks next to them, which means I don't fucking know what it is. Yeah, but it sounds like I probably should. and I need to go check to see if this is a real thing. So yeah, you're right. Like bell Savis there there's no it's, way unless it's a a super hardcore yeah. lore hound I mean, it that gets like, involved. Like,
1: Deep, deep cut there with Bell Savis for sure. Okay, but also right. like you can tell that like they're keeping cohesiveness because they've talked about the Rakatan Empire in this fucking show. No, so That's like what I mean, it's like <laughs> I almost feel like there are moments where it's like like they literally say like we need some like something here, we need a planet here, we need like a piece of like ancient history lore here. Like what can we put here? And and they have they have, to. They have like. The specialists, like the Star Wars lore specialists, go and fill shit in for them.
0: <laughs> that's what I think. I, sign me up for that, dude. I want that job. I know, like that. Right? that <laughs> so that's fun. probably the one thing that my useless talent of remembering pop culture facts could actually be leveraged to maybe make myself some cash. So. I'll go ahead and get my agent on that shit, but I, I like that. I, I want to be the Mad Lib script doctor for Tony Gilroy's Star I guarantee Wars projects. You they have one because if you, if hey, you hey said, Wood, come here, we got one for you, pal. <laughs> I'm like, okay. If you said the name Bell name Savas here. to Tony Gilroy, he
1: would have no fucking clue what you're talking about.
0: He'd, he'd, like, probably, he'd probably slap yeah. me, spit my face, and say, get the fuck it's out a, of my presence. Why are you
1: talking to me about this fake canon? Yeah, where does <laughs> that come is? from? Fan
0: fiction, you asshole? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> all right, so that was a good one. Bell Savage. The other thing I'll have to say about Andor is, at this point, has this show given us the most brand new, non-sandy planets in all of Star Wars?
1: I would have to say
0: so. I would because, have to say Because, you know, so. w- w- we got... Two new planets in this episode. The first one being Narquina Five, which which looks to be one of these moon planets. Uh, it seems to be very watery, not not like a Camino, not full water, but Lots obviously water. large bodies of water. Looks like That's it's where also they got very these,
1: cold there too. Looks like it's, yeah, they
0: got these uh these slave prisons underwater. I'm sure they're underwater for a reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, But hey, we got an, an, another new planet. I mean, it seems like every episode you're at least getting one new planet. I know there is a a a, a, a section of the star wars fandom that really likes new planets so that's why i include them but Narkina 5 added to the database just make sure dooku's ass doesn't delete it um, i don't know about you my friend uh, but when i was watching this i got some thx 1138 vibes talking about the prison scenes in general for those of you that might be young, dumb, and full of cum, THX1138 was George Lucas's first real movie. Yeah. Um it, it starred Bobby. And um it it really was very similar it's in this future prison everyone's all white the the prison is very sanitary feeling the prison guards kind of have black to stand out so i i really got thx 1138 vibes from the prison scenes and if you notice the prisoners jumpsuits are the rebel colors yeah i mean they're they're white white and orange so i thought that i don't think that was by mistake either
1: also gave me logan's run vibes too just like there was kind of like a sterility to like future type of stuff way back in the day, oh like, yeah, so oh, like, yeah, Logan's run had like similar style of jumpsuits, the coloring wasn't always the same, like the interiors of like buildings and stuff like that when you look at Logan's run were very stark and white and clean and and very you know uh what we saw in the in the prison as well so, but but yeah, I think one other person like in our question of the week brought up uh t h x vibes as well, so.
0: Oh yeah. I'm, uh, I am mean, honestly, sticking with the prison, I, I just find it amazing that they built all those sets. I mean, where where they're making those parts, that's a fucking set. Most other Star Wars, that would be volume shit with a few practical uh, set pieces to interact with, but that, that, that whole prison is a set, and it, it clearly is one of the things making this show stand out. I do have to admit, the... The more practical approach to filming here is is a plus. I'm not a full on volume hater, but it's hard to compare the Kenobi visuals to this and say that they're on the same level all the time. Yeah, it's just they're not. Uh, All right. So here this was a surprise to me. And I do remember, I think MSW leaked this out well over a year ago but I, I had forgotten probably was a no big thing, but I was surprised to see Mr. Andy Serkis, AKA Snoke returning to star Wars and not having to wear a mask. And and I love it. Like I, I think Andy Serkis is a gem. Yeah. Uh, he, he doesn't get enough acting roles. I know he's been doing a lot of directing. Uh, this guy should have won at least one Oscar for what he did with Gollum in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, he is the reasons fully CGI characters are as fully fleshed out and formed as they are today. uh, He's just a great character actor. He's fucking awesome. And and I thought him as Kino Loy, uh, it was, it was another great role by Andy Serkis. And and I kind of, I kind of like this character Kino and I know he's all rough and gruff and got to keep shit under control, but I kind of have a feeling that, Cassian and the others and just what's happening on the outside and, and the effect on the inside. I, I think even with his 50 some days left, he, he may too feel a reason to escape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I have a feeling Keno is going to play a role. We, we all know they're escaping. I don't want to get into our <laughs> speculations yet, but I mean, we all know it's happening. It's, so pretty, I'll, I'll it's it.
1: pretty obvious that they're going to. Well, escape.
0: I mean, right. We, we know he makes it all the way to scare <laughs> yeah. a few years down the road. So he's, he's getting out of Unless this place. he's got but, a twin oh.
1: brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That would That's be right. some fucking twist, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. We learned that Keith Gergo is actually a real person. Yeah. It, it, that Keith Gergo is Cassian's long lost twin brother. Yeah. And he really was just a tourist on, uh, Neomos. Yeah and it's his brother that you got think, him fucked he up thought he thought he had insane. a sister
1: but really he had a brother and, and it's that it's that's who got to fucking
0: arrested yeah. <laughs> the Cassie and it's me Keith Keith Gergo, your oh. long lost twin brother Keith no but anyways <laughs> it was good seeing Andy in there and uh i think Keno like i said is going to play a role in the breakout Speaking about playing roles and breakouts, our next reference in this episode was a good one, a Rogue One reference, in fact, because uh, Mr. Duncan Powell is in there reprising his role as Rue Scott Melshi, who becomes a sergeant in the Rebel Alliance. He is the, um, the character that breaks Jin Erso out of that transport on Wobani you know, right before she gets clotheslined. And he also leads the ground forces on Scarif when no one else wants to go. So uh, Melshi, a pretty huge character in Cassian's rebel journey. Mm-hmm. So I think it's awesome, Nick, that we're, we're seeing the formation of their bond, which clearly is not going to break until they both sacrifice themselves on Scarif. So yeah. I like this inclusion here. Definitely a good
1: move to add him in.
0: Yeah, it's just... It it makes sense that he's on his work team. Yeah. They're gonna bond naturally through that. Uh Melshi, he's someone that, you know, he got a few lines in this episode. He'll probably get more lines in nine and ten. And and, and I'd say by ten as they're breaking out, I think you're gonna see these two Start potentially partner up. Yeah. Like their 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 bond will carry on and remain Uh, right away once they get out of of prison. And you can see, like, with with Melshi here, as well as Cassian, you can see, like,
1: essentially what this prison time is going to, like, do to them in terms of radicalization, like... Co- They're not going to get out and be like, okay, well, I'm out. Let me just fucking skirt off again into the darkness and hope no. They're like, no, we have to fucking fight against this. We have to yeah. fight against this.
0: So. You're you're exactly right. And, and that's why this prison time is good for Cassie. And Like we said earlier, th- th- I think this is finally going to awaken him to what really is, is going on. Even though it's been going on for his whole life, he's just always. And I do think it's partly trauma from Clem. And watching his dad try to like, hey, guys, you know, we're, we're not here to fight. We're not, I'm not a fighter. This isn't my fight. And he ends up getting killed anyways. And, and I think Cassie, from a young age has always been like, you know what? Fuck that. Trying to do the right thing doesn't get you anything in this galaxy. So why me? But now through the prison, just going through that ordeal. And as Nick said, meeting other people and hearing their ordeals and what they've been subjected to. And seeing how the PROD is affecting them, even in prison, they're, they're being resentenced. Think about how fucked up yeah, that would be. Like you're already Think in you're, prison. And then yeah. they're
1: like, here, here's an extra year for no reason. <laughs> like-
0: yeah. Oh, by, by the way, because we fucked up and allowed six ragtag rebels to steal the quarterly payroll for an entire sector. Yeah. Now all of you have to serve more time to essentially keep building our war machine. Uh, So I think that's a good time to ask now. And then uh, what are they making? Are these Death Star parts? It looks so like they're making. I know you're going. I know you're going. I know you're going TIE fighter like everyone else. Well,
1: no, I don't. I don't don't think it's necessarily TIE fighter because one, they seem like looking at the structure of the TIE fighter. I don't know where something like that would go.
0: Well, Here's where I and I I still think it's Death Star parts structure that type of stuff. Yeah. But I did I do understand why people were thinking Tie Fighter. The coloring is the first thing. But Nick, to me, it would be the connection point from the hall to the flat wing is what they were making if mm. that was a Tie Fighter. Okay. Part. Yeah. But but scale wise, it didn't seem large enough. So I I really just think that all these prisons at this point especially are doing nothing but making parts to finish the death star build
1: yeah that's what i think as well i mean it's hard to tell just by looking at the piece itself and ultimately like we'll likely find out that it was something to do with the death star because everything at this point in the galactic timeline was about giving the death star like building the death star up to its full potential so i agree I, i do think it's death star parts i don't think that it's tie fighter parts
0: well, there you go. Bat and Black series clips has reminded us all that the ties, just like X wings, are secured from a third party. So yeah, uh, this this it has to. Yeah, because they were they're, they're bought from
1: the what you call it the in hell I can't. It is
0: a it is a corporate. I know yeah, I it, I can't get it either. But it is it is one of these corporations. Yeah, because yeah, I mean we we've seen that. One six shooters going probe droids. They weren't black no I, I I'm telling you man it's it's just it just makes too much sense It's Andor about a show about a guy that ultimately leads to the destruction of the death star it it just adds more to Cassian's tale that he was actually cassian Andor has helped build the Death Star. think about that he's helping to build the death star yeah, so yeah. that's what i'm that's what I'm sticking to it just it just makes too too much sense for the through line from here into rogue one it's just it's fucked up the thing about like you know they they lock him up for no reason and he's working on the death machine that he's ultimately going to sacrifice his life for for some farm boy to blow up with his eyes closed yeah i think i mean it's fantastic that 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 makes the most sense he is a tragic character if you think about it he is a tragic tragic character if you think about cassian uh, but that—that's why this show's been so good to 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 show. Like even he—he he walks headfirst into suicide and knows it. But how did he get there? How did he get to that point? Well, I think episode eight was one of the first times we we saw him taking those steps, or at least learning. Like, okay, I I need to kind of rethink my life. Not that he's smoking death sticks, but he does need to rethink his life. And and we finally got that. Okay, moving on. We got another new planet here. I checked; there was no uh, Segra Milo in the database prior said. to this episode, so that is a new planet. This is where Saul was hiding out, and uh, a lot of you, if you're goofy like me, you probably remember Saul's hideout from a lot of those leaks. It was a, uh, it was one of those destinations in the UK that wasn't quite hidden, and many people got shots of it. Um, all right. And then, uh, finally some easy ones here in our Easter egg and references breakdown. Everyone loves them. Some two tubes. Okay. Yep. Two tubes (laughs) has been one of my favorite random characters since rogue one. He's just got a kick-ass name and he looks pretty rad. You got to dig their, their X wings with kind of that, the, the black and gray color scheme. I do like, uh, black squadron if that is a thing yeah i'm digging that digging that it's all it and also then, helps
1: uh, from like aerial recon like if you're flying over and you're no, an you know Imperial, what you're
0: right that you're exactly right like you that's can't why they're paying shit. that way yeah yeah well see you know what that's what nick does after every star wars time show <laughs> he gets in his fucking drone vr room and goes out there and flies recon missions right. for the air force Right. <laughs> Got look at you you're, you're dead on though that has to be why because yeah, i mean it, look it, at it, the environment that it, it bleeds right into the rocks yeah it looks yeah.
1: just like the rocks you would never be able to spot it, it.
0: and these are the x-wings that they're not going to share with luthan and the other rebel cells <laughs> that's right dickheads uh, but two tubes, you're cool, and then obviously we already mentioned him, but he did show up. Saw Guerrera, slightly less crazy, slightly less physically damaged. Okay, he's not he's not sucking air quite yet, uh, but he he's definitely nuts. Okay, he is definitely nuts. Yeah, um, he's getting right. there. <laughs> so, oh, the one. One thing from my thoughts section, Nick, that we didn't touch on because uh, I actually left Mon Mothma out. Uh, but what the fuck's up with Lita? They're, they're, she's going to do something, right? They, they they, can't keep going to her and, and showing her being completely annoyed with being her daughter yeah. without her doing something that's going to screw something up for Mon. I am, think am I so. on to something here?
1: I think so. I mean, like. Tony has done a lot to sh- just show, like, the the normal everyday life of people in the galaxy thus far. So it may just be like, you know, like, not only is Mon Mothma dealing with a very hard political situation in the world right now, but she's also dealing with regular ass family shit. And when you have a teenage daughter at her, at, at Lita's age, like, they're just rebellious little bastards sometimes yeah
0: (laughs) like and it's just like did you notice though what she said she came up she's like oh tay you're you're here a lot more i just feel like maybe not on purpose but i do i I feel like she's gonna reveal something to the wrong person not knowing that it's bad and it it, it could cost mon a bit it's
1: definitely possible because like she is like she already clearly favors her father and her father is aloof at best. And at worst, he is an Imperial sympathizer. Um, so it could be that like, she does accidentally kind of pass on some information or notices something and tells her dad. And then that leads to whatever is going to happen. Like, yeah, the thing is, is like, there, nothing happens to Mon that like expressly, Gets her like fucking hard heat from the
0: empire. No, like, no, no. We know she, that she serves happen. as a Senator all the way up, up until, until she yeah. declares herself as the leader of the rebel Alliance. Yeah. Like so. it
1: basically until the dissolution of the Senate at the beginning of episode four, like she is an active member of the Senate. So like there, there's nothing that can like truly happen to her, but there's, I, I do think that like what we, what we may see is like, she actually picks up on like she may actually like turn to her mom's side because she like she may see something that is like unscrup like unscrupulous or very cruel that the empire does and then realizes oh wait my mom may have been right this whole time so that that's one
0: way i, it go. I just they they keep going to her and they may seem like throwaway scenes but she's always kind of there when something important is being discussed or thought about and you know like i said it could just be one of those deals where she might say something and the wrong person hears it yeah, and it could cause a little heartburn for her, for her, her mother. Yeah. Cause Nick's right. I mean, it's not like they're going to fucking lock her up or she's going to have a record that, that that really can't happen based on the existing Canon. But so I feel like she could do something that's going to cause a little, uh a little fracas at the, at the Mothma house, which honestly I, I'm a weirdo. Perrin and Mon still have different last names. If you look in the credits, like it's mm. not Perrin Mothma. Like he literally is Parent something, and then it's Mon Mothma.
1: Yeah, maybe they uh, just it, don't do that anymore. Like,
0: well, this episode they they finally came out and confirmed that you know they have been married since sixteen, and and she's been a senator since sixteen, living on uh, uh, Coruscant. So yeah, they, they're definitely arranged. Uh, it, it's a business deal if that i mean you, you can t- there's no love in mon's home no i don't even know if there's love between the kid at this point in time it's a very cold place to be and it, it, it you know it looks sterile too with the way it's been designed with all the white and brightness uh, but i don't know i just i i wrote that down it's like why lida just keeps showing up when her mom's talking to hey, rebels whoever yeah in, And the fact that she even asked like, oh, I noticed you're here a lot more like, you know, she's not dumb or or maybe here's what it could be. I I bet Lida could go rat on her mom thinking that her mom's cheating on this guy and it ends up getting Tay in in hot water and and, and kind of taking that resource from Mon. Maybe maybe something like that. Yeah,
1: no, I I think that's a pretty good assumption.
0: All right. Well, I think we have done all we can for Andor episode eight. So real quickly, Nick, what, what do we what, what do we see tomorrow? Or for those that may just listen to the Star Wars Time Show, what did we see tomorrow in Andor episode nine? Yes, episode nine.
1: I I almost think that we get like a time jump. I I think that we may jump ahead in time for a little bit. I mean, I know that we jumped ahead in time already. 30 shifts, which is 30 days. Like he had been in prison a month by the time we saw him again. Um, and season
0: one still only will cover a year. So yeah, we so, can't jump too far.
1: So maybe we jump ahead like another month and like, okay. then we start to see like, we, we, we come into the formation of a plan for escape. Like they're starting to like, you know, like, or at least Cassian is starting to like figure out like how shit works because the, like, what essentially happened at, at the last seconds of, of the last episode or, or of episode eight is like, okay, if you hit this floor at nighttime, you die. Like you, there is no like, you get shocked, you get to jump back in. Oh no, it's You hit death. the floor it's and death. you are roasted. Because they're like, now we have to smell him all night. So like <laughs> he's, he's like building up these like little bits of information that he needs to like form some sort of escape plan. And I think that episode nine is going to be like, he's working it out and he may share this with Melshi, um, you know, or he may share this with his table with table five to figure out like, Hey, if we got, if we do this, like maybe we can find a way out. Cause he's like, he's looking at timers. He's looking at like, how long does it take? I got 30 seconds. And you saw when he, Oh yeah. Yeah. That that, job, that's he what I was saying earlier. As long as he could, he was like, all right, let me get off now. Like, he's piecing it together on how to get out of here. And I think that episode nine is going to be like the formation of that movement. So, um,
0: all right. Yeah. How about any, you want to touch on any other threads or you think this is heavy prison episode? I think
1: there's a lot of prison stuff. I think that we're also going to get back to Bix. Um, like we're going to find out if Bix broke essentially, like in what information Miro got from Bix while, while on Ferrix. Um, the Mothma plotline, I think the heat is going to start to come down on Luthan now, now that we know the ISB has been tracking this dude. And now that they like the Bix is going to give them the link between Luthan and Cassian. Like that's probably what's going to happen. And the heat is going to pick up on Luthan and he's going to have to start to make moves, whether it be like move off planet or like mix, make more moves to be actually underground and not have a facade like a forward facing facade. Um I think those are the two main things there. Cyril's kind of hard to pin down because I'm not sure what he does from here. At this point he's been rebuffed at every uh opportunity he's had to talk to somebody in the Imperial like, you know, arm like the Imperial armed forces for lack of a better word, like the Imperial Sec- Security Bureau and shit like that. So I feel like he's he's kind of hit a dead end in his wishes to be an Imperial officer. So now he's got to figure out. Like, I don't, I don't know. We may not touch on Cyril for this one because sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. But Cyril now needs to figure out. Like, okay, what do I want to do in terms of like, I can't, I'm, I don't want to sit here and do this forever. And I, I definitely want to pursue this course of action to like find Cassie and Andor. So I don't know if we touch on him just yet, but I do, I do think that he's getting to the point to where he is going to go rogue soon. Um, but the, yeah, that that's my episode nine thoughts.
0: All right. Well, I'll be honest. They, uh, I don't know why, but they're starting to release clips, and I saw it right before we went live. So <laughs> at least from the prison standpoint, I have an idea of what we're gonna get tomorrow. And uh, the 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 clip itself featured them in those tubes for the lineup that we saw in episode eight. Remember they they telegraphed that some prisoners have figured out a communication system yeah. through sign language. Right. So that's what this scene dealt with, Nick. And it seems in the prison, I I, I think you're correct that we are going to be a bit further down the road than where 8 ended up, because it seems now in the prison, shit's getting even shadier, because the the whole clip was about our guys are are panicking because apparently something has happened on floor two and all the other prisoners are trying to communicate it before they get kind of shoved into their barracks. And then the lights start going out and they're all starting to panic. Like what's going on? What's going on level two? And they're like, you know, you got the guy there doing his, his sign language and whatnot. And, uh, Kino is just going nuts. He's basically like everyone shut the fuck up. Get in order. You know it's nothing. You know it takes days for messages to travel up and down the levels and blah blah blah. So uh, something is happening at the prison that that seems to be making the situation even more dire for the inmates. So I think you you you're spot on that something's going on. They're either cracking down more or prisoners are starting to do things in in revolt to the proD and uh, Cassian's floor they're realizing it and they're all starting to panic but I think that does lead into action. So I, I think we we see that prison life is getting even worse stuff is happening that the prisoners don't they don't know why or what's happening which is going to cause more panic and fear, which can sometimes result in action and that action is going to be in episode 10. Breaking the fuck out of there, and and I do think even though it seems like Kino is, like I said, kind of sticking to the, the the supervisor role, I think ultimately probably after we learn what what they're doing the prisoners now that he's going to make the choice to help the Cassians the Melshies, you know his his table get out of there yeah. or motivate the whole unit five whole level five to to revolt in some capacity and and get out so that that's the prison stuff i i don't we we don't see the escape we see what what causes some hysteria which then leads into okay we get we got to get the fuck out of here we're never getting out even those of us that thought we were going to get out in 50 days that that's what gets kino onto this kino
1: like made a point he's like hey i'm fucking out of here like you right. Know, I got two, he's, he said, he's like, I got 200 days left, 235 days left, so I'm gone.
0: Yeah, it, 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 through through, through a, a situation or just a decree, I think he's going to learn that we're fucked. None of us are getting out. Uh, we've been working on something, they'll kill us anyways if, if we get out so we don't talk about where, something like that. Uh, now in terms of the other threads i agree i think we get some heavy ferricks action kind of seeing the fallout of the bix miro interrogation because in the end you gotta understand she's on Ferrex to learn about cassian but that's to get information on axis aka luthan she doesn't give a fuck about cassian andor Uh, she probably should knowing what we know with hindsight but she just, Cassian's a stepping stone to the big fish, which is Luthen. Yeah, is- so that's all she really cares about. Um, Cyril, you're right. Like he can't, I don't think he himself, he can't continue at the Bureau of Standards. Like he's mm-hmm. he's going nuts. Kind of like how I was when I worked in corporate America. He can't keep using their Google to look for Cassian because he's been caught. Yeah, now he's so flagged. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally, he he has to go rogue. I don't know if that's just him leaving and, and finding transport back to Ferrix, or if someone or somebody gives him some information. It's like, hey, dude, we're we're behind you. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, we we got you. Is is that the uncle? I don't fucking know. Uh, but in some form or fashion, Cyril is quitting his job and making his way to Ferrix, and Luthen since he is kind of we now know that the 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 pressure's being turned up the heat's being turned on this could be the episode where he has to evade that that it's not a full-on star destroyer but it's another large cruiser that that fondor ship of his like starts doing 360s with lightsabers coming out of the wings and shit and he's blowing up their communication dishes um, but I, I don't that might be too early I I, I think Luthan we probably see him check back in with his boss Clea to let her know that Saul is more or less a lost cause and they need to figure out their their next move for the rebels and for the Farrick situation because they're, they're still very concerned with Cassian being the one person out there besides Valencinta. well no Besides Vel, Senta's because Senta's never met Luthen.
1: Yeah, Senta doesn't know Luthen. At, no at least Luthan. as far that, as we know.
0: Correct. That that could ride him out. So uh, yeah, I think he continues to focus on the Andor situation. Maybe they learn that he's been locked up. That's the funny thing about the Empire. Before we wrap this, they have their fucking man in one of their holding cells. But the, the, they, they can't find them because they were so concerned about prosecuting him for being a tourist that his fake IDs, everything passed muster. And they think they have Keith Gergo locked up where they literally have the guy they, they're looking they, for they have in them, their dude. fucking system. And that goes He's to show you too,
1: that like they they don't have a good system of identifying the true, no. like the true identity of people <laughs> like they yeah, don't even, have even prints, you know, they don't have anything. W-
0: like, we, we saw in the Bad Batch how they're essentially giving people their 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 cards and chipping their yeah. ships, and we're like, oh, you know, that's how they your ID, not all that shit. And you're right; in the end, it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah, uh, you, you can have a a wanted criminal across the galaxy at this point in prison, already in prison, and yeah. you don't know yeah. they, those <laughs> systems aren't linked up yet. <laughs> their IT guys suck. Yeah. Their right. their data warehouse people are terrible. Are you not sharing
1: right. information? <laughs>
0: That's not all, my friends. Usually we'd be going on to a nicky knack topic, but last week, Disney and Lucasfilm decided to also drop the full season one of Tales of the Jedi, so it's time to get into those episodes. So, kind of like how we do here. uh, I I didn't do Easter eggs for this, because I was like, fuck it. I was was tired. I didn't really give a shit. I'm sure there were plenty, but we're really, Nick, we're just going to focus on general review, episode rankings and then some of the top moments in each episode okay so go ahead why don't you just start with a a general quickie style review of of season one of tales of the jedi which i hope to the maker that this is going to be a a, a seasonal Con- release a
1: continuing uh franchise yes um, yes I think it was it was very well done. I think the episode length was fantastic. And I think that this showed us more about... Like, th- this improves episode one immensely with just the Dooku arc. Like, I could... like oh, yeah. The, the Ahsoka episodes were fun. They were fine. Um, but I would have actually preferred that we just had six episodes of Dooku.
0: Like... I I, mean, I who knew Dooku was this interesting and deep of a character. Exactly. Like
1: this is what we were talking about before the show started. We were like, dude, and you know, Matt and I like we we aren't up on the Dooku novel release. So maybe it was out there in the novel release, but as far as we knew in terms of things that we knew about him, like we didn't know that fucking Dooku was still in the Jedi order at the end of episode 1. Like that is massive. Like that Bro, makes I don't
0: such a difference. I, Let's not shit on ourselves too much. I don't think George Lucas knew that when he wrote and filmed The Phantom Menace. Yeah, I mean,
1: George didn't know, like, nobody knew until they wrote this, but, like, just going back and thinking about, like, how much episode one could have been improved, and I'm not saying that it had, you know, that it was a a massive problem or anything like that, you know, like, but having dooku present in in the episode one film and even just ripping off straight some of these scenes that we saw in here oh like, yeah improves that movie tenfold because then when you get introduced to dooku in episode two he's not just some random ass dude who's like oh who's this fucking old rich looking sith guy who apparently used yeah. to be a jedi how long ago was he a jedi who knows but in reality it was i mean there was a jump of like 10 years between episodes one and two but like up like 10 years ago this dude was still a jedi like very recently um i think it was
0: fantastic i mean bro he he was walking the halls after After qui-gon fought maul on tatooine like he was there when fucking qui-gon and the chosen one were hanging out in the council room yeah yeah, I mean it's insane. Like he just chilling,
1: deleting shit, just chilling. Yeah, he he's there when after Qui Gon's is, is killed, and you know Yaddle is like, "Hey, are you gonna come to the funeral? Funerals on Naboo?" And he's like, "No, not gonna make it, man." Like, um, so I thought that like the the Ahsoka episodes were fine. Um, I think that like one of the like in terms of my favorite individual episode, just because of like how it ties back into what we've already seen and like the direct link to like that, you know, Ahsoka's training with the clones and the, like training with the stuns and stuff like that. And how long she could survive without being stunned and stuff directly pl- paid off into the ending of clone war season seven and how she and Rex were able to escape the, the, uh, the light cruiser as they were leaving uh, Mandalore. Um, I mean, dude, it's
0: like I said earlier, that Anakin Skywalker is the reason that Ahsoka Tana was able to survive so right, Order yeah. 66. So like
1: that that episode might be my individual favorite just because of how integrated it is into, I mean, like they essentially show you the end of, or like towards the end of that episode anyway. It's like right when they walk out yeah. into the- You get a you whole know,
0: new perspective yeah. on that scene. The, the,
1: the fucking whole 332nd is standing there guns like guns come out as they walk out and then boom it ends and it's like shit that leads us right into that that final you know episode um so i did like that one but honestly like if they had two other good dooku episodes i would have taken those over the uh or three other good uh, dooku episodes i would have taken those over the ahsoka ones because the ahsoka ones were okay like they weren't interconnected there were like, you know, sparse stories about Ahsoka's, you know, at first her like literal infancy and then one episode about the end of her time with the Republic and then one about her time, you know, as a, as a loner, um, which I thought were okay, but just the cohesive storyline that's told about Dooku over that three episode stretch is just magnificent. And I wish that there was more of that than like the disconnected stories that they told about Ahsoka. Um, but season one quick review solid very very good
0: yeah i'm with you i i thought it was excellent i wasn't expecting anything less i mean it is a dave Filoni project he wrote five of the six i think the only one he didn't write was choices which was one of the dooku episodes a good one and one that reaffirmed in my mind that mace windu is a fucking dickhead and one of the shittiest jedis in the order Did you know what's wild
1: is like so we find out that 10 years prior to episode two. Well, like, okay. Mace isn't on the council. So like Mace. N- not,
0: well, the, the choices episode, Nick, and they didn't really give us times, but choices yeah. was definitely a couple years before the Phantom Menace. Yeah.
1: Cause like he wasn't on the council, like right, right prior his- to that, but then Correct. he is a grand master on the council yeah. in very short order which seems odd to me
0: he's a dickhead he, he's like as i said in my review which i'd love for people to go watch if you haven't checked it out on youtube but i mean i i described by seeing mace in that episode to me he is the serial carn of the jedi order he's like a, he is yeah. the dudley do writer no we can't we got to do it by the book and we, you even get that in phantom menace where he's like no He's too old! Shut up! He's too old! I mean, and that... No, you can't go with me, Anakin. No, 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 I mean, fuck fuck Mace Windu! (laughs) He sucks! I mean, we all love Sam Jackson. I'm not, you know, don't, don't get me wrong here. Don't cross the wires, but if you think about Mace Windu as a character, he fucking sucks! He definitely... He fit
1: the mold of what they wanted from, like, the Jedi process like they wanted yeah, somebody he, that they take as a child that they fully mold into yes. what they want them to be it's as like a, a robot Jedi, and then that's what he becomes and but like
0: he i mean you, you know. could argue now nick that mace windu is indirectly or, and in, in, I don't know, I, I could almost say directly responsible for Dooku and Anakin Skywalker turning to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it because he was Mr. By the book. No, fuck it. We work for the Senate. Oh, wow. We, we listen to the council and Dooku's like, dude, do you see the Senate? We work for these fucking people. Yeah. You, you, you think this is right. I mean, that uh, I'm going too far into, but I, I'm pretty much spot on with Nick. I, I, I loved it. I think Tales of the Jedi was fantastic. It was better than episode eight of Andor. Uh, Honestly, it it may be better than the final season of Clone Wars, which is some of the best animated Star Wars out there because of the Dooku stuff. Yeah. And I'm with Nick, The, the, the Dooku stuff owned and I love Ahsoka. She's my girl, but we have so much material already on Ahsoka, the Clone Wars movie, the Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, the Mandalorian She's out there, okay? Yeah. We 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 know Ahsoka. We we understand why she became who she ends up in in the Mandalorian. We 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 kind of get that. We've seen her journey. We've seen her trials. We've seen the tribulations. Dooku, unless his book covers all of this, which I'll never fucking read, mm-hmm. we didn't know shit. Nick yeah. Nick is a hundred percent right. You meet this guy in Attack of the Clones. I love Christopher Lee. He looked way too fucking old and decrepit. He it made no sense. It was like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? Look at this jerky cane and bent lightsaber and this fucking stupid dialogue with Obi Wan. Like, oh, Sith Lord. Going back to he that was ter- strong I mean, Nick,
1: George Lucas writing.
0: <laughs> yes, like I said, nothing against Christopher Lee. I I thought Dooku was a shitbag bag turd damn near laughable character yeah. in the live action movies he's terrible he gets better in the clone wars but even then you don't you don't get any backstory you just get long chin gray hair angry dooku it's- we we were finally shown why he made his choice and honestly in three short episodes it was a much more fleshed out and justified turn to the dark side than we got in three fucking movies with Anakin Skywalker. Very true. Like you can't tell me by the time he is essentially killing Yaddle that his turn doesn't make sense. And it was justified through those three episodes. It was.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's just like, you see that, like that, that final scene where like he's, he's battling Yaddle and like, Gattle admits to him, like, look, I it's okay. I resigned from the council. You were right. Yeah. Like, I'm on yes. your side. But it was just too far gone. Like, Palpatine had his hooks too far in. And oh, it, yeah, was yeah. Just, it, it,
0: it was over. You it, felt it, so bad really, for
1: him. Like, right. I did not expect that going into this, where I would just, like, I would watch it and I'd be like, my God, I feel so bad for this guy.
0: Exactly. And that's what makes the Dooku stuff so brilliant, because... There was none of that character building in the live action movies. He's just yeah. a guy that looked silly and had silly lines. That that's it. He was here too, like, oh, i And the, it's guy. like everything
1: ah. he had to do that wasn't a walk had to be CG because he was so old. And like just, uh, And look, like we said, like Christopher Lee is one of the greatest actors that's ever lived period like there's you can't argue about that but like nothing against him he's 80 years old and you're giving him the role of a sith lord that has to fight against some of the best jedi of all time like i don't know what george was thinking (laughs) like like you knew you, you you knew you were gonna have to cgi the balls out of that fucking guy and it's just like it just did disservice to the character um,
0: well, it's even like when we talked to Nick, you know, Nick Gillard, he's like, oh, I mean, he didn't come out and say, he's like, listen, Christopher Lee's a legend, but that was some wonky fucking shit.
1: Yeah. He's you like, know,
0: same with, same with getting Ian yeah, to, yeah. To, to sword fight. He's like, it's just some people, they're just not meant to do it. So yeah, it's just Tales of the Jedi kicked ass and it really shined because of the, the Dooku stuff. Like I am such a fan of Dooku now. It's, it, everything's clear to me. I fully understand his arc now. It makes so much sense why he did what he did, why he was the first Jedi to, a Jedi master to turn to the dark side and, and leave the order as a wise and old Jedi. I mean, you could see it from Justice. You saw it fleshed out more in choices. And then he had already made his choice to join uh Sidious by the time the Sith Lord opens up but we don't even know that because we watched Phantom Menace and we thought we knew what was happening during that timeline but thanks to the Sith Lord we now know so much more that's when he was literally walking the halls and using sifo codes to delete Kamino dude that's one guy learned, like it was funny
1: I want to know more about Sipho man like season two of Tales of the Jedi just tell me anything about that guy other yes. than he was you, you, killed.
0: You're not wrong. Because <laughs> like. I think he, he like shows up in some form or fashion and it's either a Clone Wars episode yeah. or a Rebels episode. It's like a ghost of Sifo-Dyas shows up. And even then it, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. But it was nice to, to to get that background finally. Like As Nick said, Dooku was in the fucking order all the way through the end of the Phantom Menace, like yeah. through the end. Through Qui Gon dying, I mean that—that's why when he goes to the works, he's like, "Hey, fuckhead, you why ki- did you kill him? Like, I told you, like, you, he didn't have to die. He, I could have convinced him. Like, he was already kind of like how Anakin was on yeah, Mustafar. Like, on like the listen, uh, like, I was yeah, working my- him
1: over. He could have been an ally."
0: exactly if he just listened to me i could have convinced him to completely turn away from the light and join the dark because he would have saw that i was right and that the jedi were corrupt okay. where you know at that point he had the veil of sidious had been pulled over his eyes i mean dooku did have the right intentions oh yeah he just got in leagues with the wrong fucking person exactly like if you like know what dooku, i mean
1: if if palpatine wasn't there dooku could have like, ultimately, he still would have left the Jedi Order, but I think that Do- like Dooku would not have become a Sith Lord without the hooks of Palpatine being in him. I feel like he Correct. still would have been disillusioned, and he still probably would have left the Jedi Order, but he almost would have become like, in my opinion, he would have become like a vigilante, almost like a, like a daredevil, where you're operating against the bad... But outside of the bounds of the the Jedi and the bounds of the right. you know the, the institutions that are being held within the Republic, like it was well, that's, just that's that, why you know
0: Palpatine's- those early episodes were so good because you saw it in stages like how he was becoming disenfranchised with the Republic and therefore the the, the Jedi Order. And Injustice, I think, was the most clear. We had that senator essentially making his people live in squalor it yeah. was so bad that they kidnap his son and and even his son's like listen yeah these people this is rough my dad's a fucking dickhead and even then the dad's like fuck all you i'm gonna kill you motherfuckers and and dooku is just like what you you don't see what you're doing to your people you're the senator you're the one that's supposed to be vying for them getting laws passed for them making sure they don't live in pig sties and shit Like, what the fuck's your problem? And then you're starting to attack us, and that's when he kind of has his snap. Yeah. Where that... Shit! Everything that we saw in these shorts of Dooku is what we should have been seeing Anakin go through in the fucking movies! Finally, someone did it! That's what (laughs) I've been talking about all these years. The three Dooku shorts are what we should have been seeing with Anakin in the movies. Because it made sense by the time we got to the Sith Lord why he had made that choice. Anakin's choice still makes no sense. Watch the movies. Don't watch Clone Wars. Just watch the movies. He literally goes from I'm gonna do the right thing finally too. Oh fuck! I I want to keep my life, my wife alive. Okay, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna right, kill it.
1: him. <laughs>
0: like- he he's not like you don't hear him. I mean, yeah, a little bit on in Attack of the Clones when he's flirting. He's like, oh, I don't know, you know, I think order and control is good. You get some of that. Yeah. But he's not like, oh, my empire. I can if we just have order and, and control, there will be peace. He wasn't all nuts like no, that.
1: He definitely was not into that fucking camp yet like it's
0: yeah i mean they, they just barely scratched the surface on why he was butt hurt by what the other jedi masters were doing to him they should have you know gone deeper into that you saw that through here i mean dooku you could tell like i don't think he was totally bummed out that mace got chosen to ascend but you could tell he's like yeah figures fucking leave old dooku out here because i think a little differently than you fucking you know you you lemmings You, you, you arms of the Senate. And it it was so well done with Dooku and it just reminded me like, fuck, man, did they mess that up with Anakin? But it can be done. And we got it with Dooku through Tales of the Jedi. All right. So if you couldn't tell from my quick review, it wasn't quick at all, but we both liked it. All right, Nick. So uh, why don't we just do some episode rankings to start and then we'll go through some top moments. Yeah. So I'll go... I'll start with my number one, then uh, you can talk about your number one. We'll we'll kind of see where we end up from here. So when it came to ranking the episodes in order, because I know humans, we need to do this for some reason. Let me like pull up so I can see All the right. names. Because <laughs> I, I um, okay, got him. My number one was the Sith Lord. Okay, the 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 final Dooku episode—you could call it the Phantom Menace prequel, whatever you want to call it, or TPM 2.0—but uh, that was uh, definitely my favorite episode of the six because of a lot of stuff we just talked about.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah. So for me, I'll stick with Practice is Perfect just because of how much of a direct line. That drew to what we had seen in, in episode seven. So that was the one where Ahsoka's practicing the the drills with the
0: clones. All right. So since you brought that one up, I had that at my sixth spot. Yeah, you had that. Which is in interesting. Place. So I um I didn't I didn't hate it at all. And like you, I, I loved how the episode was purely built to lead into that moment in victory and death to kind of justify how Ahsoka who wasn't even a Jedi at this point could survive order 66 with a literally a battalion of clones trying to kill her. So that, that was beautiful. But I just, I mean, the episode itself was literally just one big training montage yeah. until the end. Yeah, yeah. It was like sure. oh, a little bit of dialogue, montage, 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 and it's over. So that, yeah. that's why practice makes perfect came in the sixth spot for me. Okay. Um, Number two for me, Nick, and I credit this to being a parent myself and just my love of the character. But I I appreciated Life and Death, which was the first Ahsoka episode. Uh, seeing her as a baby and learning more about her her the, the the culture of her people and how the women have to take the babies out on a fucking hunt after a year and uh, seeing Ahsoka tap into the Force for the first time and obviously what, what all that would mean for the rest of her life. So I I don't know. I like it. I I, I liked it from the parent perspective. I got a little feels from that, having my own daughter and, you know, just this character who I've, I've come to really appreciate and love over the years. It was cool to truly see her origin story, if you will. So So what'd you have in at number two?
1: My two, like Mine are going to be real easy from here because two, three, four are the reverse order of all of the, um, what you call all the Dooku ones. So Sith Lord is my number two. Okay. And that one, all right, which kind of clean, which, clear why that, like we talked about that one in depth. So yeah, that's well, cool. yeah, I mean
0: the other thing, and I'll bring it up in top moments a little bit more in depthly, but we finally got some clarity on, on Yaddle, but yeah. more on that later. Okay. So why don't you go with your number three then?
1: Three is choices, which is the second of the Dooku episodes, the one where he like where they are going to to like talk to the the senator and stuff like that, and he gets like killed, and like the the senator gets killed and shit like that, and then that's when Windu becomes the ma- the the uh, Je- a Jedi master, and they essentially right. tell like Windu tells him like it was between me and you, and then like. You got this guy killed, and I just said, "Well, Don't yeah." Do yeah do, it.
0: That, <laughs> like, and Dooku's like, "Well, did you did you know you were up for this before this mission? Is that why you were busting my balls and trying to make me do everything?" That was a good episode, but I, I had choices at four for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like we said, the, the Dooku stuff wins. Okay, so yeah. my number three was Resolve the the final Ahsoka episode. And I, it's just look, I I I love the character, but I liked seeing the moment where she realized, kind of like Cassian is starting to experience now, that someone like her can't live a normal life. Yeah, uh, I I would assume this ep- I Actually, I looked it up. This episode s- supposedly took place eighteen B.B.Y. So this would have been within the first year or two of the uh, Empire's rise.
1: Yeah. And apparently, this uh, episode is. Semi-based off of the Ahsoka novel that came out well, yeah, in let, 2016.
0: I, I'll, I'll touch on that, Nick, because I actually dove deeper into that. And here's kind of where we're at with the book and the episode. Uh, you you kind of have to, at this point, say Dave's vision in the episode is the new canon. Otherwise, it they, seems weird to talk about that Ahsoka, a Force user on the run, somehow got found out by two different Inquisitors on two different farms and got away both times with Bail Argana's help. So I think at this point we have to look at Resolve as the true canon of this period of her life because there are some slight changes from the book, but there are also some direct crossovers from the book. Yeah, um, But, you know, it's just really... I like the flow of the whole episode because it's, it, it's literally it picks up directly after we last see her in the Clone Wars, after her and Rex survive. I mean, it, it has to be they left that planet that that ship crashed on and flew to fucking Naboo. I thought that was kind of choice. I like that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, just seeing Ahsoka trying to hide who she is. Uh, and and then just wrecking that Inquisitor. Like I I thought that'd be a bit of a battle, but that was kind of like the Kenobi mall fight on Tatooine where she is so at peace with herself and, you know, dark side users are always full of rage and a little crazy that she just sat there and was like, all right, go ahead make your move and you're dead.
1: Yeah. I think that Uh, was my problem with it is like, we've seen so many episodes or so many snippets of episodes from different characters that are almost exactly like that now. Like, that's what the whole fucking uh, Jedi First Order is based off of. We've already seen Kenobi do it. Like, we've already seen a lot of people do essentially very similar things, which is not a problem. Because, like, that's what Jedi at that time had to do. And, like, they're all going to be, like, encou- like they're all going to encounter a situation like that. And, like, because of their nature, they're going to, to help them, whether it be instinctually or if they choose to do it. And then you see the fall. So it's just like a story that we've seen multiple times already.
0: I I do kind of wish that the brother got killed. Like, I hate fucking snakes. I hate rats. I hate people that think they they know better than everyone else. And I really hate Imperial bootlickers. So I, I do wish that he was one of the people that got uh, his head lopped off, but sadly he he survives. Now, in terms of the Inquisitor, I know there's a lot of people asking. He was not credited as a direct Inquisitor, but if you again look at the book that this is somewhat based off of, that would have been six the brother. sixth brother. Yeah, so. Six brother. Uh, and why does his head fucking disappear? I don't know. Uh, yeah, do that's what these, I was gonna say. I was like, I'm very
1: confused about that.
0: Gas people, like it could be like a Watt Tambor and he needs like this system to breathe. Who the fuck Maybe. knows? I it's just there's nothing out there. Like I, trust me, I I went and dug and there there no one really has any good even just made up bullshit for this guy. So yeah. okay, my resolve was three. What was your four?
1: My four is is the first uh, Dooku episode.
0: Justice, then. Justice. Okay. Yeah. I
1: mean, cause it's like, at, at first, cause like when you watch this episode, you like, you like, you see the darkness, like, you see that there is conflict, force choking people, like, you know, Qui Gon has to come over and stop him, but like, you see the discord inside of Dooku already, and you can see that he has his own way of like meeting out justice. But then, like, as the other episodes come along, you realize that it's, it's not just a darkness that he has inside of himself for no reason it is a it's a disillusionment that's been growing and growing because of the lack of of you would say like i don't even know it's like just the lack of overall foresight from the jedi order and not realizing what they've become
0: right i mean they're 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 pawns of a corrupt senate so therefore they too are corrupt i mean that that's what he saw and that's really what happened. And that's why they were so easily bamboozled by some old guy named Sidious. Yeah. And really I do. I think Mace Windu is the embodiment of that hubris that Luke was talking about. Yeah. I mean, he is that guy like we're the fucking Jedi we can never do anything wrong, even though we work for the Senate. We're still our own people. They would never, you know, use us for nefarious purposes when that's all they were doing.
1: That's literally. I mean, that yeah.
0: that that's all the Senate was doing probably for many, 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 many years until it was toppled in because episode four, A New Hope.
1: It's just like little things. At first, like at first it starts small. It's like, oh, well, you know, I know that you guys are the peacekeepers of the galaxy, but hey, you know, help us out because we're. We're working towards the same goal is essentially like what the Senate and the Republic sell them at first. And then that goes all the way up to we're now in a war and you are our battlefield generals. Like that is how like little things over time. And it's seeming to be, Oh, well that's not a big deal. Cause it's small. That's not a big deal. Cause it's small. It compounds and compounds and compounds until you, the peacekeepers of the galaxy are now fighting On the front lines of a war that you have no business even being involved
0: in. Well, Nick, the other thing is like, I I don't know if you look this deep into it and tried to correlate it to real life, which I mean, all these shows we love are based on real life. I mean, people writing them are humans that live the life or live in the world we do. And and I think the message here, really, that, that we are getting through the Dooku episodes in particular is in the end. You know, governments, they, they can start out the right way. They can start out wanting to do the right thing. But ultimately, over time, the arms of a government, the Senate, the Senate's justice, a.k.a. the Jedi, they ultimately end up just being wielded and used for those with power and money. Yeah. I mean, look at look at modern governments around the world. I, don't, I won't even pick on America, although that's very easy to see who our government serves over who it should be serving. And that's what Dooku was essentially realizing in In Justice and On Beyond. It's like, this guy the senator, I mean, look look how his people live. Even his son is essentially calling him an asshole. And then he's gonna come and murder everyone. Like that that's not right. Why why am I here to be a de facto defender of this fucking guy and he snaps yeah and i think it's justified aka justice that just that type of justice in my opinion was justified even though it was very un-jedi-like and and as he said he drops that line on obi-wan or on qui-gon like you know what you are a you are a wiser man than I. And, and you know, I think he was thankful that Qui-Gon was able to stop him. Yeah. But like Nick said, it was just all these years of seeing the corruption and, and knowing he was being used as a tool to help the corrupt. It just warmed Thanks. down and he sought alternative path. And that just happened to be the dark side. That, that's where he made the wrong choice. Yeah. Once those hooks were in, as Nick was explaining earlier in the cast it was over for Dooku. Yeah. there was. Uh, Just like it was over for Anakin the moment he, he chopped off Mace's arm and bent the knee. Like they, they no longer were able to think on their own, do what they wanted. They became a part of his thought bubble and his plan. And they were really just an extension of Sidious. Yeah. So. Okay. So my, yeah, my five was justice. So what, what was your last then?
1: Um, so, oh wait, so my f- Five is life and death. And then my six is resolve. Um, So that's how mine go. I mean, I already said my piece on resolve, like it's right. It's played. We've seen it a lot of times for, for life and death. I thought it was, it, it was a long tale to show Ahsoka's connection with animals, essentially like, you know, to show that like her force sensitivity can lend itself to like Animal bonds, which is also why, you know, the what what's the name of the fucking bird that's always Morai. F- yes, the Morai. Like her connection with the Morai, we see that connection play through with the saber toothed tiger that almost kills her parents or kills her mother and almost you know eats her as a child. Like it was it was fun to see that, but like I was watching that and I was like, I know where we're getting already. Like like it took way too long. F- like even in an episode that's only. 14 minutes long I was like you can tell very early where this <laughs> is going and it just took too yeah. long to get there.
0: As, as I said in my initial review of that one and why I tie on my list I think a lot of it was the, the parent yeah, of the, like a, being a, a an daughter actual parent thing helps. Yeah. like I I really you know felt some connections there so uh, all right so let, let's go ahead and do some top moments and then we'll move on from Tales of the Jedi uh, We we've probably mentioned a few of these at this point but I just want to make sure we We hit them all. We can go through these rapid fire unless a discussion is warranted. So up first, if I can quit fucking clicking off of the picture, you stupid finger. I'm just going in the order of the episodes as they were released. So episode one through six. So we're going to start with life and death. Nick, I found... Uh, kind of two top moments in this episode. And, and really, as I explained earlier, one of the reasons I enjoyed this episode was, was just kind of seeing the culture of her people. I really felt like Ahsoka came from a, you know, if we want to talk real world, like a Native American tribe. It really felt like that, that type of feel. You know, they had the, a lot of tradition and, and rituals, the one-year hunt with the moms, not the dads, the face painting and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, facing death so young. I mean, that, that was the point of that spirit walk. Like, <laughs> ah, Ahsoka's mom made the baby Ahsoka watch her kill that deer. I don't yeah. know. I just I like that 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 spirit walk type of shit. And, and then just seeing Ahsoka tame the beast. Kind of make it her ally, and then you know Bring the whole her moment of her, of her returning. That's all you know, warm and fuzzies. Nick, I'm sorry, buddy. I just, <laughs> I'm old, and I I got a little emotional over that stuff. So that that's kind of what I thought stood out in, uh, life and death.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I I'll agree there. I don't have any other like real top moments from that too. Obviously, like the big thing to me, like the taming of the beast, and then yeah
0: bringing her back okay so moving on the justice i also had two in here um it is crazy how how big dooku's jow line gets by the time he makes it to the clone wars but yeah. i digress i'm not going to waste time on that but i mean as a as a star wars fan of diehard how could you not love finally seeing count dooku and padawan qui-gon jinn together yeah. I, I mean that that that's some fan service right there uh, I, I dug it. I, I liked their relationship. It it did feel kind of Qui Gon y Obi Wan y You know what I mean? Where uh, you you can you can kind of see why Qui Gon wasn't your prototypical Jedi master by the yeah. time TPM came around because of who his his master was. And 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 as we've been saying through this whole Tales of the Jedi segment is i mean dooku to me has been reborn thanks to tales of the jedi like he's so much more intriguing to me he's such a deeper character so it was nice to see him with his padawan yeah and uh, yeah and then just you know we we talked about the scene earlier but seeing him dabble with the 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 dark side i mean he he tapped in a little bit when he his his patience wore out with the senator you know he tried deflecting some blaster bolts. The guy was was uh, not not relenting. So Dooku was like, "All right, enough's enough. I'm gonna go ahead and use my superpowers," and and starts to almost kill him. But then you know you see his padawan come in and and pull him back from the ledge. Yeah, something that you could argue if if Qui Gon didn't die and he found out what dooku did like yaddle did qui-gon may have been someone that could have pulled him back yeah where yaddle clearly could not yeah he didn't have
1: that uh, relationship with yeah
0: i mean that that, that's just again like there's so much weight added to the phantom menace now because of these dooku episodes uh but really nick i i just this showed us how jedi can do dark things because they think they're doing the right thing Yeah. yeah you know and and we we don't you don't get that in the live action movies with Anakin at all. You don't, it, no. it just it's, it's, it's absent. So like
1: like you said, just like these three 10 to 15 minute long episodes did a better job of showing Dooku's fall to the dark side than it did. Then we had three. Bro, it's, it's not even close. It's,
0: it's not even close. You get one moment in the three movies and that's the, the post Tusken Raider, you know, after action report with Padme. That's it
1: yeah so Uh,
0: and even then he's he just did a bad thing to be bad to be revengeful like dooku wasn't even doing that type of shady shit he would i i'm i'm telling you right now if i was dooku's apprentice here i probably would have been like you know what fucking kill the guy he deserves to die and then i'd probably run through and slice up the rest of his his platoon but you know i'm a shithead (laughs) Uh, all right Good episode though. I'm starting to wonder why I ranked that one so lowly, but it, it was it was good. It was good. Jedi, it, you really did. That was the first time you saw like, all right, Jedi can they can get dark because they truly think they're doing the right thing, and I honestly think Dooku was doing the right thing. Hey, Sir Dork showed up. Check this out. I'm wearing my Sir Dork shirt today. Very good. He showed up last week. He had he went through something. I hope never happens to us, Nick. Someone hacked his YouTube channel. Oh man! Uh, yeah. And he's he's got like a real one with almost forty thousand subs, and I I can't even imagine what that, that the pit in his stomach. And luckily for him, he was able to actually get it back, which usually isn't the case. So yeah. uh, I, I was following that drama closely, and I'm I'm glad Jared was able to work that shit out. So uh, he he actually made a video. Go watch it. On how, how it get, happened, how to get it back. <laughs> why it happened and how we got it back. So go ahead and and check that out if you've fucked up and got your account stolen because you got fished. Moral of the story is don't click on shit. And if you click on it, definitely don't put in your don't information. In your information. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm glad he got that back because he's a good dude and and that would have sucked. Like I don't even know what I would do and we don't even have a, fo- a following. You know what I mean? Like we don't even have a following and to me it would feel like I just lost, you know, almost a decade of my life. So, all right. Moving into Choices, another Dooku episode, one with Dickhead Mace Windu present Um, I, we'll we'll start with why Mace is a dickhead and why the count thought so. I mean, you you had to love that scene where he tells Mace like, Hey man, you follow the rules too much. Yeah. I mean, more or less, he's like, dude, really? Like everything has to always be by the book. Uh, so that, that was nice kind of setting up.
1: And I also like how the one time that he tried, like ultimately for Windu, the one time where he's like, Nope, I'm going to go against the book is the one time he gets fucking iced. He's like, no, I'm going to kill him. He's too dangerous to be kept alive. And then he gets fucking iced.
0: (laughs) Good Good job, Mace. Dickhead. Uh, The other one, and really, you could see it, and I've got the screenshot up on the live stream. If not, we got these posts on StarWarsTime.net if you want to check them out as you're listening to the podcast-only version. But when Dooku, even more so than Justice and Choices, you can see that he knows for a fact that the Jedi are being used as pawns by the Senate. Uh, cause this episode was great. You, you kind of learned through the soldiers that they were trying to kill their Senator because the Senator is fucking them over. Very similar to what happened in episode one. The, the, the theme was the same senators corrupt fucking their people. Yeah. Jedi come in to essentially help the senators uh, yeah. when, when it's the people they need but, to be helping. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, you could just—lots of things were clicking in Dooku's head when he, when that trooper finally gave the testimony. Like, listen, we were the ones that sadly had to kill the fucking Jedi Master, but it's because we're trying to kill this idiot for stealing everything. Yeah, and that—that that was just another reason for Dooku to really start to question his place with the Jedi and and really what the Order was doing, what, what direction was this was this group of space wizards actually moving into. Uh, I mean, how it it goes into in the actual prison where Dooku is kind of emphasizing with the locked up prisoner that murdered his his friend. Yeah. Yeah, He's like, listen, man, you murdered my friend, but he said, I wrote this down. He says, people have the right to defend their planet. Yeah. And that, that, that's starting to sound like, separatist Dooku okay I know he was just playing a role in playing Palpatine's long game but in the end his pitch was something he believed himself like listen you don't need this big Republican senators to defend and protect you you have the right to defend yourself and that's that's Ultimately, what the, the what CIS the was. was yeah they didn't want to be forced into a republic mm-hmm. they wanted to manage their planet their way um, and then, uh, finally, Nick talked about this, but, uh, we got to see in this episode how Mace ascended to the council and it was because of Khatri's death and, and you could just feel, and Nick already said it, you could feel the tension between these two during this, this conversation. I mean, Dooku congratulated him, but it was very you know kind of almost under his breath type of deal like hey good for you Mace you're such a swell fucking guy aren't you yeah
1: just like blue like that like, teeth, indeed yeah. yeah
0: like you you fucking toolbag. him he even says like yo bro did you know this before we went on this mission is this why are you going to rap me out is this are you trying to make yourself look better so i dug that okay top moments from the Sith Lord i think we probably spewed a lot of these but I, I just being a lore freak absolutely loved just the 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 non-speaking opening where you see Dooku creeping around in the library, getting into the archives, casually logging in as Sifo-Dyas and deleting Camino. A major plot point of Attack of the yep. Clones. So yep. there we go. You get that you get that nice little I mean uh, just background given to you.
1: Yeah. Overall, just like the just having Yaddle as a character. Like, you know, she was always like this mysterious, like who's this other Yoda character here that we never hear talk and has never seen again, like actually having that thread closed and having her like play a major role in the, in the fate of Count Dooku. Um, I thought, yeah, I mean that, that
0: was, that is definitely on my list. And as Nick said, we, we finally figure out what happened to her Yeah, because until now she just fucking disappeared in between TPM and clones. She was on the council then she's gone. And yeah. it's like, okay, what, like, they well? just didn't feel like doing pain for two CG Yoda characters or, or what? Because uh, she just disappeared and you got nothing. And now we know everything. We know why she was off the council and we also know why she is not present in the temple because Dooku killed her. And uh, another interesting thing we learned, Nick, I think now we can say with 100% confidence that Yoda either has a speech impediment or or chooses to talk like an asshole because it is not a race thing. Yattle through Bryce Dallas Howard, who voiced her, spoke nice, clean, yeah. basic English.
1: Yeah, so, just very, very simple. Uh, so yeah, Yoda. Uh, I have no idea. I can't, <laughs> I, we will never get an explanation for why Yoda talks that way. I don't think so. But it also I, I read, now, like, well, what I, I, I was somewhere, say is like, Nick, I don't, go, go ahead. ahead
0: sorry. No, oh, no, no. Go ahead. You what'd you read? I read somewhere, I don't know if it comes from High Republic, but apparently Yoda's master would talk in riddles, and that's why he does it to Yoda, honor Yoda's him. Yoda's master I don't know too if that's was real. like this
1: very weird. It was like Ula Keldroma, I, I think, and he's like he was like a really weird guy. I don't know if he's still like Yoda's master canonically. But right. It, I, I think he was. Um so, or I could be at, getting those old Jedi fucking confused.
0: Like, everyone that that wants grogu to talk like yoda that that probably isn't the case it, it does yeah. dave has made a choice and the choice is yaddle speaks straight up she yeah. she doesn't talk like she has you know had a few death sticks, yeah. possibly uh, some acid you never yeah. know never mind okay.
1: ulicaldroma is like an old republic like jedi turned sith but
0: yeah Anyway. I just, I saw it pop up somewhere. It was probably on Reddit leaks from some guy called like Bob's Wookiee's mom, 69. So yeah, I knows. can't, I can't remember.
1: <laughs> like I'd have to, let me see. Yoda. What is Who was his yeah, master? Yoda's master. Canon Masters. Old- it says Garo, Stone Power oh, yeah, that- Master, and then Qui-Gon Jinn. It was his spiritual master for like, how do you, how do you go on to the oh. dark side? And then it just says a Jedi master.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That guy, a. a
1: Jedi master. Yes.
0: A, the, a, the best Jedi master ever. Not a Jedi master. His name is a, a. yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, a few more top moments from the Sith Lord. Uh, I-, I liked how he came out. He's like, Hey, uh, Jocasta, what's all the commotion about? She's like, Oh, you didn't hear? Your very own Qui Gon ran into a Sith, and you know the the, the temples all a buzz, and Dooku's just like, "Oh yeah, are you sure?" And and we learned in the end that he knew. Like at this point, he's already working with Sidious, and he knew Maul was the apprentice. So that was another fun, relevatory moment from this episode. Uh, Nick mentioned this earlier, but. You had to appreciate the scene where they're out in that courtyard and Dooku recounts on on young Qui-Gon and how Qui-Gon was born on Coruscant, never saw nature. And so when he saw that tree at the Jedi Temple, it was like this magical thing. And and you realize, it it took me a minute to like, okay, what's this scene about? But it made you realize that this was after he learned that Qui-Gon died at the hands of Darth Maul. And he's sitting there reflecting, and you have to think, knowing what we know now, like how shitty he must feel here. He he lost his Padawan, but he lost it to the Dark Side master he's assisting now. Like he's indirectly responsible in Qui Gon dying. So you know he's he's really feeling that shit. And that was that was a heavy scene there for for Duku because right after that is when he leaves to head to the works. To go report into his his new master, and that's where we learned that you know Yaddle figured it out, and uh, we had a nice little duel. Yep. And just as you thought that you know she was she was gonna survive, she away. used used everything she had in that little green body to get the door open, and just come in and give him that one, one look to make him make him kill her with her eyes open, and and he decides to do it. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, the only thing that I wish was in that episode is if we would have got his Sith name, like Darth Tyran, like kind of like the moment where it's Rise, Lord Vader. Where right. So here's like Rise.
0: Uh, real quick. We'll go on a quick tangent here. I don't necessarily think the rule of two was broken, uh, even though Sidious and Dooku were working together. Yeah, he was not it, expressly it really f- his apprentice. It felt like he was more Aaron Boy at this point because he's like, yeah. "Listen, I, I I did the clones, I deleted the records, this and how many I've people are going to die because of, of my actions? People, yeah. yeah, like he he's he's feeling pretty bad. Um, so what the what the hell were we talking about? Oh, so I I don't think the rule. I think we can massage the rule of two thing there, but yeah. the Darth Tyrannus thing is curious, Nick, because. You would think if he gets his name, he is the apprentice, but yeah. we know that he, he met Django as, as Darth, Darth Tyranus, but at this point in time, the clones had already been ordered. So I think that's the one issue we, we, we kind of get into here is <laughs> he was telling Django he's Darth Tyranus, but Darth Maul was still around. He was the apprentice. Yeah. So did Palpatine break the rule of two? Sort of. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. In the th- end, it doesn't mean shit, but it is. It, it does get a little confusing.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it kind of gets a little lost in the weeds there. But yeah, I would have liked to see the type the Tyrannus name officially kind of bestowed no, upon rise him. Rise
0: now, Lord Tyrannus. Yeah, that's another name. Like, I guess it sounds strong and powerful, but I feel like George just looked out the window and saw like a T Rex commercial and was yeah, like, "Yeah, I mean, fuck okay. it, Tyrannus."
1: Because
0: uh- yeah, Sifo I still believe he's like. I called this guy Sidious. sifo is
1: just like the okay. most.
0: Fuck it. It's it's not the same. I mean, it almost sounds the same, but it's not. Uh, I, dude, I still swear when I watch Attack of the Clones and they're like, oh, yeah, sifo I'm just going, what? <laughs> like, uh, please tell me this was just Sidious using like a code name and he was just being lazy and, and just changed it a little bit. But no, it was literally dude. a real character. <laughs> <laughs> called sifo like what the fuck George we love you all right moving on to practice makes perfect top moments uh one that I bet everyone missed and you probably didn't know until you didn't watch my breakdown but when Ahsoka is kicking ass and taking droid names in the opening that young Jedi sitting there that's Caleb Doom my friends aka Kanan Jarrus So I I thought that was neat that as a Padawan, he's kind of in there getting hyped up watching an older Padawan in Ahsoka who has had much more training and practice, has been in battle at the Clone Wars, just watching her go. Like he was like standing up, almost cheering, like, oh my God, Deepa, do you see what she's doing? She's so amazing. So I I like that little connection there, including Caleb in the temple scenes. That was fun, yeah. And then just like... See, I love the
1: scene where Anakin's like, you think that was a test? I'll give you the real test. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah, know, this I'm is just some bullshit for the <laughs> fucking council to make them feel better about themselves. If you really want to be a badass Jedi like me, I'll show you how to do it.
0: No, it was good. Like everyone else, you know, even Caleb's like, oh, Ahsoka's is the best and Yoda and, and Kenobi. Like, oh, good job. You're Impressive. the best. And then they, they, they get out. You tell Anakin's annoyed, and she's like, what? What, am I not good enough? And he pretty much is like, yeah, you're not. You suck, and I'll, I'll show you why. This is, this is what you need to do. So you, you got to love Anakin still, just bucking the system, always thinking he knew better than the rest. But as we've talked about in the final top moment in this episode, it's just we, we got to see that, that Anakin's training and, and kind of breaking from the, the Jedi way and more or less torturing his Padawan, he is the direct reason that in victory and death, her and Rex are able to survive Order 66. It's that training against live clones, knowing their tendencies, knowing how to sense their movements through the force, that she was able to, without even her her sabers for the most part, avoid getting killed by Order 66 and... Not killing clones. Yeah. That's the other big thing. So uh, this was Nick's number one episode, and and it, it really does shine because of that cr- uh, direct through line. Here's yeah. the training. Oh, it's just training, but oh, this is why we showed you the that. Direct. This is why Anakin did this, because it directly uh, influenced her story. Without yeah. that training, if she just relied on that bot training, Ahsoka Tano dies on that ship.
1: Definitely. Good stuff uh, and
0: and then, and then finally into resolve. I said this earlier when I was talking about it, it, during our rankings, but I, I love knowing that Ahsoka was at Padme's funeral, and, and knowing that she was she could have been targeted, arrested, and killed. But uh, I, I love those opening scenes where she's there, Bail, Caesar. She runs away and she's like, and he's like, why the fuck would you come here? Like, come on. Because you got to think people. I mean, this is literally right when the Empire starts. Yeah. I mean, this is immediately after Order 66. This is this is during Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that a, that right conversation at of of Sith, yeah. happens at Padme's funeral. So I like that type of lore, seeing those connections. And as Dave has told us and why we all love Star Wars, these are the fucking through lines that bring us back. Is, is seeing something like this, you know, many years later after Revenge of the Sith and now being able to piece it all together. Like, oh, shit. Next time you watch Revenge of the Sith and you see the funeral scene, you know Ahsoka's right there. And she's going to have a talk with Bale. And that talk is essentially is what is going to lead her to joining the Rebel Alliance as Fulcrum. So that, that I loved. you know, you, you get to see Rex was there, literally still in the, the, the blue BTL. I'm telling you, the, these these two left that planet from victory and death and went right to Naboo. I yeah. like that type of shit, even though on the surface, it's just a scene. Uh, and then finally, like I said, well, we, we get to see, in some form of moving pictures, Ahsoka Tano make the choice to join the rebel yeah. movement. Yeah, finally. Um, which them. now, Nick... I think gives us a little more insights into bad batch season one. Cause you know, we, we saw Rex and we see him talking to someone and he's talking about, you know, doing rebel activity. And there's a chance that that is not a Soka that he's networking with at that point in time. Cause uh, like I said, this, this soak on the farm was supposed to be around. well, eh, maybe it could have been 18 BBY. So it would have been within a year or a few months after the fall of the Empire. But it was odd that Bale said, you know, it's been a long time. I didn't think you would ever use the communicator essentially, right? Didn't, that, didn't he kind of hint at that? So yeah, was it yeah. a long time months? Was it a year? Was it two years tops? But uh, I don't think Ahsoka, as I imagined, got—well, now it's clear. I don't have to think. She didn't get right into— no. Being a freedom fighter,
1: she she did the same thing as Cal Kestis did. Like she went underground and tried to, essentially, like lead a normal life outside of the Jedi Order and and you know just lay low as as much as she could. So
0: right, and she like Kenobi, they they all eventually realize that they just can't. can't they they, they cannot. They just can't do it. It is their their past will come up, catch up with them at some point in time. Yeah. All right. So there is our Tales of the Jedi mega breakdown. Hopefully you got what you needed. If not, like I said, I've got uh, individual reviews, Easter eggs, all that type of shit on YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. All right. Got a few things before the fan segment. And uh, those few things happen to deal with another fan favorite franchise. And that is The Mandalorian. So, MSW making Star Wars has been active this week, dropping some reports. Um, This is an outlet that I have a lot of confidence in, so I I do think these are probably legitimate reports, although you should still take them uh, with the understanding that until stuff is officially announced, anything can happen. You know what I mean? All right. So first and foremost, for the Mandalorian season three, MSW is reporting that we will get the final trailer on
1: Christmas Day. Have we gotten any so, trailers so far? I don't know. Yeah, there there was <laughs> like
0: the it was like a slightly repurposed, slightly new footage from D23. So that was like its its first trailer, but it's sounding like we're gonna get a a final trailer on Christmas day for the Mandalorian season three. And apparently the trailer is going to feature Christopher Lloyd's unconfirmed Mandalorian faction leader character. All right. And the last thing on the trailer is, is MSW said it's going to be one of those trailers that, you know, Nick and I, we talk about this all the time. Like is the trailer just edited it in a way to make us think The tone's going to be a certain direction, but that's what MSW is saying. This trailer is going to kind of really put it in our face that Bo and Din are just adversaries the entire season, Uh, but according to MSW, that's not necessarily the case. They're actually kind of allies for a good part of it, and then some shit happens. All right, so that's your first Mandalorian Season 3 news. And uh, like I said, I, I do think this is going to be legit. So look for Mando S3 trailer Christmas day. Uh, I kind of dig that because Christmas is one day where I think I can just disconnect from star Wars and I just won't do anything with it. Yeah. It'll I eat think me up a little bit, uh-huh. but I'll be like, fuck it. It's Christmas day. I don't care. We'll talk about it next week. The other bit of news and one that I'm I'm more excited about is MSW now has the supposed release date. Of The Mandalorian Season 3. So we know it. the window has been February, but now we know the day. And that's going to be February 22. Alright, so February 22nd, 2023 should be the premiere for The Mandalorian Season 3. Cool, oh, cool. Now, it's not known if it's a multi-episode drop, I hope, to the fucking force. It's not. I really want to get away from that type of shit because... Double any type of Star Wars content on a single day is not good for my mental health or physical health. (laughs) True. All right. So Mando S3, Christmas Day trailer, February 22, premiere date. Mark those calendars. All right, last one on The Mandalorian. Our pal John Favreau was was talking, and he dropped an interesting quote. Although if you've been kind of paying attention, reading the tea leaves, it, it really shouldn't make your head explode okay so uh this is in relation to skeleton crew and the mandalorian so favreau he he was talking to somebody who the fuck knows who cares it wasn't us but here's a quote we got skeleton crew is great you know me and john watts were on a set of spider-man and i was sniffing out if it might be something he'd be into doing and he's like here's the whole idea of what i would do we were just talking and on set and i called dave i was in atlanta and i was like dave this sounds like a really good idea and we hopped on a zoom call and he pitched what it was just the very basic strokes and it was great it focuses on young people It's always good having new characters coming in, and there's so many different genres now in Star Wars. You know you have Andor, which is intrigue and a thriller. You have adventure with the Mandalorian, a samurai adventure with Ahsoka. So to have this young, Amblin-feeling movie with young people seeing it for the first time—he's saying young people seeing the universe— for the first time. Who grew up in this Star Wars world. And are exposed to an adventure. The puppets. The costumes. The visuals. The world that's being expanded upon. And now I get to write the next season of The Mandalorian. With all these new characters. All these new locations. All these new creatures. So it keeps adding more and more to this cohesive group of stories being told. So if you fell asleep during that long quote what he is saying is he's now writing mandalorian season four and there's a good chance skeleton crew characters are cool. going to be in it okay right does this does this surprise anyone considering the Mandiverse is shared a universe? shared universe <laughs> favros uh, do you have a, a tech i had
1: to switch some my tech die on you yeah it seems like i get to the two and a half oh, plus yeah. hour mark and my headphones switch back, so or my headphones. That's die. it.
0: <laughs> All right, there you there you go. Yeah. yeah. As long as you fix your voice, I'm I'm good with it. But otherwise, it sounds like yeah, you're no, trapped I, in I, a tin can, <laughs> like a, in a basement, like maybe the microphone bar. switch over. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I may have to find headphones that last. Um. But yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. So I I mean, like I said, it's. So I guess real real quick. So there is a little bit of meat here. If we're if we're talking about kids, I mean, do you think just the kids show up in Mando season four, or does Jude as the adult is is he kind of in the foray and and how the hell like w- what is what is the crossover? You think, I think like what, what's the tie-in? Do they become like a like a Cobb Vanth, like someone that he checks in with? I think after it might be like a crossing them, or, paths or kind of thing
1: because I think it would be cooler to me if like the skeleton the quote unquote skeleton crew was already together, like they were already a crew. And then the man like Mando Din and and whoever he's with in season four at that point, who the fuck knows, like kind of has like an episode run in with that with that crew. And then, you know, they help him out in some way, shape or form, almost more like a uh, like a like a Bill Burr character type of deal where like run in, you get your deal done with them, you go your separate ways and then, hey, maybe you cross over again Um so I, I would like to see it that way instead of being like interspersed parts that are kind of like, oh, we're here, here's Jude and then like here's the kid. Here's like one kid and here's another kid. I think it would be cooler if it was just like the whole crew already together and then they kind of have a run in.
0: Yeah, I, I think it would, it would probably be something like Cobb, how Cobb's been yeah. used. You know, they'll, they'll get introduced in Skeleton Crew. So fans will be familiar with them. Uh but come Mandalorian season four. Yeah. They'll probably pop up. Like you said, as a as a faction themselves, and more than likely they're they're probably gonna be good guys ish. They are kids for Christ's sake. So like how 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 dark and and crazy will their story actually get? So there you go. Shouldn't really surprise anyone, like I said, as long as you've yeah. been paying attention. All right, my friend, it is that time of the show to move into the final segment, which is everyone's favorite, and that is the fan segment. That's right. Tried and true. Tested every week. We are one of the only Star Wars fan podcasts to actually dedicate time to our fans. So the first way fans can get involved is the question of the week, which gets posted on our Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. Uh, who Monday knows? Evening, Sometimes Tuesday Monday morning. evening, most of the time Tuesday morning. So just check at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram. Look in stories, look in our posts. Check the prompt. Leave your thoughts. You might make the show. All right, next. Let's get let's into Go it. ahead and see what the there fans had to say. There were only four responses this week this total.
1: Week. <laughs> so the
0: oh there there.
1: I don't know if there oh were boy. some in the stories, but I'm I only Ooga. pull from the actual posts. So. There were only four, and these are all of them. So uh, first up, TBS Data Vault, he says, didn't really have a... Okay.
0: Oh, hold on. The question was, just in case there is like (laughs) one new person. (laughs) What was your favorite or least favorite part from Andor episode eight? There we go. So TBS
1: Data Vault says, didn't really have a favorite moment this week, but I really love the overall aesthetics and vibe of this episode. I also agree with Johnny Osage Av, which we will get to. He says, regarding the THX 1138 feel... Would have been a great, would have been great to get a Robert Duvall cameo. <laughs> Can't wait to see uh, where all Bobby. the build up leads to over uh, uh, in a little over a week. Long live Lord Gilroy, says TBS Vault. and then Johnny Osage Ave. So TBS was referencing Mister Johnny. He says, "I love the THX 1138 vibes from the prison and work area." uh intended or not by lord gilroy and of course the return of snoke do you think that Kino is just snoke do you think that like he just becomes Snoke? <laughs>
0: no no i don't think he's he's snoke but the he, empire's gonna be like you a, know what this guy was really yeah. good at being a supervisor so and let's um, save his dna we'll and then we'll up. turn it into yep. um
1: uh, so good stuff there from johnny osage thank you very much uh, Christopher Weber, 33. He was. He's back again from last week. He says since most of last week's episode was spent locked up in the clink, that's all I seem to be remembering. I'm not complaining though. I enjoyed all of the tension built in the episode. We know that Cassian and Melchi get out at some point. All of the foreshadowing of how that might happen was super intriguing. Also, what in the devil are the prisoners building? In my mind, those parts look like midsection. Of probe slash destroyer droids, uh, like what we've seen used in flashbacks of the massacre on Mandalore. Thanks.
0: Oh, yeah. Look at this, Yo, know, Christopher Weber's yeah. about to get Coming up. He's, put he's making his top way up five, the fan says, Thanks think.
1: for all you guys do for the Star Wars fan community.
0: Look at thank this shit. You, well, th- hey, thank you, Christopher. And, and being- you know we need we 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 need like <laughs> ten thousand. If if we had like a bunch of of Christopher Weber's Klondikes, Tones lima four is another one lima that guy i i really do feel like i need to send him a trophy because every week on my youtube Popping videos in. he's usually one of the first people in there like best fucking star wars show out there you guys i i promise you don't look at the Just run listen. times Just you don't give have them a to list listen all in
1: one them. sit down you can listen in multiple <laughs> yeah. sessions
0: oh. but it's hey, like in all seriousness like th- this is why i do this shit my friends I could care less about making money, YouTube ad I don't give a fuck. It's yeah. being recognized. That's it. Like, I don't know what that says about the, the 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 black hole in my soul, but that's it. I just want people to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you guys actually do do good. some sort of service Y'all that is worth tu- tuning into. You're only three so quarters you.
1: bad. <laughs> <Thank> you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're okay. Yeah. You're at least um, mediocre. <laughs> all right, and the
1: last one from this week uh, is Tones1138. I wonder what 1138 comes from. (laughs) Um, Seeing Snoke slash not Snoke, Andy Serkis, make a physical addition to the Star Wars universe. Also, Diego's phenomenal acting in this episode. He had very few lines throughout the entire show, but the portrayal of his emotions after entering the prison was incredible. Two outstanding actors at the top of their game.
0: Yeah, Tones is right. Tones is right. I, th- I think. I honestly think yeah. Diego's been great the whole series, but th- th- this was his episode, yeah. really. To, like, to, it's hard. I would imagine it's hard to. It's harder to yeah. act without dialogue. That's what, that's I, what. I would guess because it's all. It's all yeah. face muscles, really physical so, portrayal of like, right, good stuff. like you well, said, that, like <laughs> four yeah. fucking responses. Uh, hey, you know. <laughs> Oh my god, why do we do this shit? It's like you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. (laughs) Bro, I see I see accounts on Instagram that have zero originality. They repurpose everyone else's short form content and just slap it on their channel and monetize it. And they have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers and thousands and thousands of comments on their posts. It's just like what did I do wrong this time? Like, how did I fuck up this venture, too? I'm not just Star Wars one, two, three <laughs> guy, and all I do is regurgitate everyone else's work, and somehow I become a massive fan page. Oh, well. I digress. Let's move into the second part of the fan segment and the last way fans can get involved with the Star Wars Time show. And this is the big one my friends... The one, why they all flock, and when I say they, I'm talking the eights and the fives of our fans, not even the tens. We can't even say the tens of our fans, but the at least the digits. ones and the two. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it's funny. It's how fucking ins- insignificant we are. I love it. All right, man. <laughs> Dude, I all right, can't. top I, five Star
1: Wars fan hours features of the week. <laughs> When you post your Star Wars pictures, make sure to use the hashtag oh Star Wars Time Show God. on it. And also tag us at Star Wars Time Show in the post. And then tag us in your image as well. <laughs> Click that little ad tag at Star
0: Wars Dude, Time I, I, Show. I'm looking at the, the analytics on the channel. And you can see, like, viewership and listenership starts off <laughs> here. And then it just, like, <laughs> goes down to zero oh, by the end of the cat. Show. All right, hold on. Uh, the, the special guest is here, sorry, I know, Nick. Nick's about ready to pass out. There's there's my little, she dressed up as um, nice. Tross Ray yesterday cool, for yeah. Halloween, so. I had her pistol and a good looking costume, we got lots of candy, right? That's right, you name. did. <laughs> That's right, that is your middle name. And apparently you, I got a lot of Kit Hey, Kit Kats are awesome. You did get a lot of Kit Kats. All right, we're almost done, okay? Okay. It's good to see you. All right. Uh,
1: th- Awesome. <laughs> ah,
0: okay, sorry, dude. I just, I I lost it there. I was like in la-la land just thinking about how no one fucking pays attention, yet I dedicate hours and hours and hours a week to this shit. Oh, All right, wow. so Go first
1: ahead. up this week in the top five, we have at South P24 with an awesome like drag me to hell-esque type of shot here of Boba Fett, and what we see is the Fett man trying to blast his way. looks out of the pit of hell. Cause you can see all the fires under him and he's just being dragged down by skeletons and zombie storm and the dead rising from their graves to make sure that he goes to hell where he deserves to go. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, Boba's yeah, not, not getting, getting out of anymore. this fucking pit. I can tell you that for free. He he's not lighting anyone's esophagus on fire and c- crawling his way out of this. But y- you know what? I mean, honestly, for for someone that used to really love collecting action figures and wishes he still did because he still has a lot coming, but doesn't get the joy out of spending the money. This is a great figure, because Nick, if you look closely, this is a soft goods. Oh, yeah. 112 scale Boba Fett so this is like fully full custom job and South P24 has kind of become known for this making and only collectors will understand this but essentially Mezco 112 collective high-end figures but with Star Wars figures so if you know what I'm talking about and you appreciate the 112 collective and the care that goes into that figure line that's what South P24 is doing here with Star Wars figures and that's uh, the style of this Boba Fett. It, it's, they're like miniature hot toys. That's what they are. They're, they're fucking yeah, six-inch tall hot awesome toys. Very look awesome
1: sh- looking shot here. And then, like you said, for the call-out on the custom figure for the Boba, but just top-notch stuff from at SouthP24 on Instagram. So make sure to go follow
0: You know, he's he's in here, and I don't, I don't want to make him feel bad, but I, I, w- I thought you would have snagged... Uh, Jason's Halloween 2022 creation. I thought creation. that was like... Because uh, I, I, I think you featured yeah, his I, one I from think, last year. I. The only and reason did, I uh, didn't
1: this year is because the only Star Wars <laughs> one in there was like a Vader costume. And I think I was like, I was like, do I want yeah. to add it? Because it's mostly not Star Wars, but there is a Star Wars in there. Sorry, You didn't make the Jason. cut this year
0: work, more or less. Next time better have more
1: Star Wars characters. No, I mean, but I... Step up your I game really for was, 23, I pal. Like, I saw it and I loved it, obviously, because he's got so. Jason's shot has like Raphael from Ninja uh, Turtles. I think it's mysterious. <laughs> like, is that the guy from When the Earth Stood Still in like the other position? And then, and Hold then on, Batman, let me, let me and just then you have a Vader, Elvis, and I was like, well, there's not like it's more not Star Wars than it is Star Wars. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, but it is a good here shot. It is right It here. is a very fun shot. I think that's the guy from the, uh, <laughs> like the day the earth stood still, right? Like in between Raphael and Batman or is that Mysterio from, I, I, from I, Spider-Man?
0: Yeah. I don't know, dude. I, I was like, I, I, I right my eye Vader. was right to the uh, yeah. This is a cute the, Darth it's Vader. Sweet. It is. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a fun shot. I mean, he, he crafts these little detailed scenes and if you just spend time looking around. It's fun, but you know, growing up in the eighties and, And I never was a kid, thankfully, that had to get one of these shitty, like, Kmart in those days, like a Kmart costume, where it's essentially a plastic (laughs) smock and a shitty plastic face mask. My mom was actually a talented sewer and would make my costumes. But yeah, it's, for us 80s kids, you know, there's some nostalgia. I I think I
1: was Raphael one year for for, uh, Halloween. I I have a picture of myself
0: okay jason is saying the artist is is <sighs> tuning in here he's saying it was just space generic girl. space girl, space girl. Okay, so great. generic space girl uh yeah, generic space girl. uh so there you go no it was, <laughs> it, was, was to, it was a great shot it was i i saw he was in the stream today i just wanted to you know yank <laughs> his a chain, chain a little bit all right so next up ahead. in the top
1: five here is at 850 <laughs> sith lord and this one is a uh, fucking killer shot. shot so what we see here is full Mando, as we just know him now He was once not full Beskar, now he is. Uh, He's sitting there with the Darksaber ignited in the midst of battle. Behind him, Neo Boba Fett with his arm flamethrower ablaze shooting at somebody off screen. And then right up there in the front, little Grogu with his tiny (laughs) little little lightsaber ready to go. (laughs) Come on, bitches, let's go. It's just a cool battle scene. You see, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it was great. I I love this shot.
0: I just look, I look at Grogu's face. Like I just like his ears yeah. are down. You know how like animals when they're ready to yeah. attack, they'll pin their ears and that. Like Grogu's got his ears down. He's he kind of has mm-hmm. like a little shitty look on Get his face. Get like, away Serious. He's not all happy and <laughs> cute. Yeah, but but it is. It is. It's like this this family team up here. And I mean, Sans' lightsaber. There's a good chance we see something like this in okay. season three. Like if, if if you buy some of the rumors. Grogu's not going to be having a lightsaber, but he's going to be in essentially plug your ears. I mean, we've talked about this many times before, but just in case, um, he, he's essentially going to be in an IG 11 Hulkbuster style armor. So, um, but yeah, th- there's a good chance we will actually see Din and Grogu fight side by side versus one saving the other, even though I think Grogu kind of owns that at this point in time i think din owes grogu yeah, many know, right? many good, life like, debts just from the at fucking this, at this very point. jump like, i don't like, know if they're yeah, square they're like yet just from the jump. <laughs> Yeah, you, you gotta remember, like you 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 can't even really say he initially saved him because while he did grab him from Arvala Seven, he dropped yeah. him off with the client and was getting ready to fly away with his cash and then he decided to go save him. So he was he didn't always have the right intentions. But it is a great shot from 850 Sith lord. Uh it there's just something you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never, I'm still never going to be this big Boba Fett fanboy, but there is something about seeing Mandalorians in their full kits together fighting. That is, it. it it's sexy, it's strong, and it's powerful. And that's what we get in this shot.
1: Uh, so beautiful stuff there at 850 Sith Lord. Make sure to go give them a follow. Next up is a cool shot here from Klondike Studios featuring, featuring right, a, a, a rarely seen character. In Ponda Baba, I'm going to assume it's Ponda Baba, at least because he's missing an arm. And we know that one of Ponda Baba's arms gets chopped off in the uh, most likely Cantina scene in the beginning of episode four. So I'm assuming it's Ponda Baba. He's just been arrested by a, a, a squadron of death troopers for some shady business that he was up to. And I just think that it's just such a well executed shot. The soft goods cloak looks great on uh the pondababa character and then obviously the death troopers always look awesome in
0: their full black setup. I mean honestly, Klondike should get an award for just getting one of these shitty Hasbro Ball cloaks right? to form fit yeah, to a, to it a does. character's head. Like I mean a lot, a lot of times the, the, these cloaks you get with the Has, Hasbro figures the hoods are so oh, yeah, like KKK mentioned that hoods. Before. I mean they 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 literally have like the the dunce cap point coming off. Uh, So the fact that he even got that shit in, maybe did a little stitch work or maybe Ponda's gorge just big enough it it actually actually fills out the fucking hood. But yeah, this is a part of... if If you head out to at Klondike Studios on IG, I think this is a part of a greater story, Nick. I think there was a... A shot that um, preceded this one. I'll just open up. There the page is because there is a
1: shot of this of the troopers uh, coming in.
0: Yeah, it's like they're 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 like shaking them down here. All right, so oh, look at this. We got Joe is writing a little bit of a what if story. So it is it is still Ponda Baba. Uh, he's hiding out from the Empire, and us says the 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 viewers, the consumers of the content. Well, you know, we're not sure if he's on the run from Imperials or if he's just kind of doing his own thing. So it's one of these little story shots that we get. Uh, I went the wrong way. That's in the Klondike's G.I. Joe shit. There yeah, we there go. go. There it, it is again. So, yeah, no, it's a it's cool little story setup. It's It's one of those deals where, you know, it's not a portrait, not an action shot, but it is. It's it's a scene more than and just a, a shot. And we also know
1: from like just the like the brief encounter between Dr. Avazon and Panda Baba and. Uh, and Obi and and Luke that they're like wanted criminals, so it's not surprising to see him being arrested now.
0: <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I I haven't I haven't talked about much, but in the the Han Solo and Chewbacca comic book run, uh, Ponda and the Doc kind of play a major role in in sure. what Chewbacca gets into. So yeah, I mean these these are characters that pop up here and there, got their reps. So yeah, it, it's a good little story shot from at klondike studios on instagram
1: stuff. next up is at paul brown 12 and paul brown gives us a fantastic action shot here of mr blue boy himself cad bane in the middle of a shootout and i just love the i love the oh, yeah. the background setup you see he's kind of like it almost looks like he's fighting in the a shelled out building because you can see like destroyed walls in the background a whole yeah,
0: yeah war war turn, yeah, he's definitely war in the torn, middle of some sure. sort
1: of massive battle both blasters firing off getting some cover behind this little box here. Um I just thought it was a very well executed action shot here of our boy Cad Bane from Paul Brown 12.
0: Yeah, I I mean you know me, I'm always going to like a practical shot, outdoor shot. Looks like this is outdoor. That's kind of where I started and should get back to at some point in time, but I'm being lazy these days and when I get motivated That's going to be portrait time in front of a computer screen, so don't hate me. But it it is Paul's got, you know, the the light there to kind of pop that smoke around CAD where, you know, the incoming fire is hitting off of his his cover. Uh, Good little blaster effects. It looks like Paul folded in there. And actually, I think I read the caption. Apparently, Paul, at Paul Brown 12, is uh, taking his first foray into Photoshop. So it looks like... Shots are going to be getting a little little awesome. spicier moving on. And if you couldn't tell people, we here at the Star Wars Time Show are intimately familiar with those who yeah. share with us. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you a what people are doing in their, in their free time, essentially. So we, we're, we're here to serve. It's okay to every once in a while help your bros out. A little, a little free promo. You know, a little hey, I I endorse these two idiots stuff I like that. that
1: would help us out for okay. sure. A
0: little, little little back scratching, a little back scratching. We all we, we all serve each other here. We all serve each this. other here.
1: Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man! But uh at Paul Brown Twelve, there we go. Is
0: that it, my one friend? More. Have have we covered one him more. with Paul Brown one Twelve? More. There. Oh, uh, we got and one this more. This is okay. actually
1: uh the shot itself is awesome, but it was also just a very cool custom. Uh, like essentially a headless horseman Boba Fett figure from at avalanche underscore underscore customs. And it's a it's Mm -hmm. a bit of so there's there's four or five images here and you roll through them and it it just looks really cool. So what you see is essentially like a blacked out Boba Fett that has a a custom uh, jack-o'-lantern head.
0: Hey, You know what, Nick? Isn't- I too thought this was, I thought this was the, the black Boba Fett figure, but on one of the closer shots, I think this is a, a scout oh, trooper, of the, the in fact.
1: utility belt, a scout yeah, trooper body you see next to it. He kind of, yeah. yeah, he yeah. does. He showed the, the previous shot you see on his, on avalanche customs page is the scout trooper. And then if, and then the next shot, his pin shot is the one. Yeah, that,
0: that's what it is. Oh shit! Uh-oh. I just well, lost yeah, I power. They'll so. hear you. <laughs> Good okay. thing we're. Yeah. Oh, it's back. It's back. Oh, exactly. It's back. It's back.
1: Um, but I think like the custom <laughs> job was really cool, and also just the sequence of shots that that Avalanche Customs used to set, uses to like show you this this uh, this custom, uh, specifically the fourth one where he's holding this fucking gnarly ass axe has the jack-o'-lantern head-on and you see like the dismembered body of a scout trooper on the ground next to him oh Uh, yeah I just thought it was awesome and the fully blacked out speeder bike too I I mean I just thought that this was an awesome custom job here by Avalanche Customs good stuff
0: Jesus you know like if your power goes completely off, like some of your devices just start yeah. firing up. So right now it's ee- like, I got ee- a dehumidifier going, yep. the furnace clicked on my TVs just clicked on. It's like, Holy shit. We're all dying here. Ah, um, yeah. So it looks like I'm the asshole that first identified this as, as Boba. Cause in the caption, I said, cool, custom headless Boba. Uh, no, this is that shadow scout trooper as Jason, AKA work more or less is reminding me in the live stream chat. If you're new here, like I said, live stream, 230P East, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Come join in on the fun. Why not? It's not like you got to work or do anything productive during the the midday. So come hang out. But yeah, I mean, it's just a great, uh, you know, Ichabod trooper, trooper crane, whatever you want to say. It, it, it worked well, kind of mashing this pumpkin head with a cape onto a shadow Indeed. scout so, trooper body.
1: Uh, good stuff there at avalanche underscore underscore customs on Instagram. Make sure to give them a follow. That's the end of the top five. That's the end of the show. Whoever requested a three-hour-long show, you got it. So, Matt, take us home.
0: You got it. You got it. So what we, Nick, and when Nick says that, you know what that means? He's payment. expecting Where is it? payment. So he, he, he takes Venmo. Yeah. He takes crypto. all of your crypto. You name that it. Spender. He's got the Spender app. He's, he's ready to rock. all right my friends it was fun uh we'll we'll probably be back to our usual two and a half hour runtime next week i don't i don't think we're getting any triple dippled drops anymore uh we got how many how many more early wednesdays Wednesdays do i got we got episode 9 10 11 12 yes i still have enough fingers to count that i four more to go so here we go episode nine coming tomorrow make sure if you're a a looney tune like myself i will probably have my first impression piece on Andor episode nine posted to youtube around 8 30 ish 845 East in the morning with a review to follow so make sure to tune in and if you don't know how to tune in well that's why I am here to tell you about StarWarsTime.net where you can find everything you need to find about the Star Wars Time show so head on over after the show or just after you heard it just check it out StarWarsTime.net you can find our YouTube channel you can find all the podcast platforms to sub up to and don't forget the best way you can help us out and show your appreciation for what we do is to like comment rate review, and share on all platforms. So if you're listening to this now on the live stream, go ahead and take the two seconds and zero energy to like it. Maybe even leave a comment if it lets you on a mobile and sub up if you're not already, turn on those notifications. If you're on a podcast platform and you're hearing this message, hopefully you haven't tuned out by now, but we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review if your podcast platform allows you. I really can't state how important the feedback is to the machines like we get it we, we we love hearing the feedback as humans even though we don't get enough even I would even take bad stuff we don't really even get that so send emails for that but to help us out to help out the show to help out the YouTube channel you got to keep telling the machines that there's some worthy material here so on YouTube, that's liking, commenting, sharing, all that fun stuff. On the pod- podcast platform, same deal. If they allow you to rate and review, please do it. I don't think we've had any review movement on iTunes this year. So let's try At to get that one. number up. Let's get it to where when you type in, yeah, best Star Wars podcasts, we actually show up in the first group of icons in iTunes, not down the row. Because I know we're better than some of these motherfuckers that get top billing. But they get top billing because they've convinced their lemmings to do the rate and review. You'll see it. I'm not lying. We might have 40. These sites, they'll have in the hundreds. Speaks volumes. You always say, hey, why don't you, you get a celebration? Why are not you cover this? Why did not you get that? Why don't you get that? We well, it's get easy. don't free shit. <laughs> we need the following. Yeah. <laughs> no following, no free. It's not that hard to figure out. So just keep it going. You know, we're here. We're not going to leave you. We might miss a show a year. That's how dedicated we are. So don't forget, there's always time for Star Wars Time. Starwarstime.net. Hit it up. Check it out. Get linked in. All right, my friends. You all know, if you're listening, you know the trick. You know the secret. And that is, if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always.